Well, welcome back. This is your third time on the podcast. It is, man. Yeah. Second time solo. We had a, uh, I can't remember what that guy's name was that was here not last time. I don't oh, know. Oh, really a, angry? He was angry. really angry. Really Pretty angry. short. Yeah. Real short. Um, definitely not as good looking as either of us, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, good. One of my favorite humans. That was a great podcast. That was fun, man. That was very fun. That was I, fun. I, that was a fun few days. It was, but I, it, I, he, cause he came on earlier and we're talking about Ray cash gear, former mm-hmm. Navy SEAL. I think it's, I think I legally <laughs> have to say that. I, I'm just going to say, I think that's and, part of his legal name. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, anyways, he, uh, he was real reserved the first time he came on. Was he? Yeah. He was like very, yeah. not PC. Cause I don't think he even can be PC, but yeah. he, he definitely kept, he pulled back on some things. Yeah. And I like it when Ray just goes, just goes, yeah. dude. let, let your inner light for shine. Sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Anyways. So I, so be, I use the other podcast as kind of fuel because people said some things in the comments. That's right. And I like, so I you poked, came and started poking I, him I right poked, from the get go. That's I right. The bear. Yeah. See if we could let that guy loose. He's a brilliant human though, man. Yeah, you know, and we were some, talking at the there gym. There were some great clips that came out of that podcast. With That's him awesome. Getting all fired up. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. I actually <laughs> did that to be too. I, I, there was a couple things that I said, do you remember that Mark? Talking about somebody's fat gelatinous titties, and the the, the bedrosa. Yeah, yeah. He was talking about your the Uber Eats, like <laughs> you sitting there, yeah, yeah. with the you know tracking your fucking burrito. That's anyways, funny. Anyways, so Matt, for those that don't know, listen. So if you're listening, if you're if you're wanting to know more, there's a whole podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know what what episode it is, but um, just search his name on the Always Forward podcast, and we that was specifically about your eleven family rules, which yep. we're going to talk about. Yep. But that was a really full podcast, just breaking those things down. Yep. And then the other one was just a general podcast with Ray and you, because you guys were in town, mm-hmm. and uh, and that was fun as well. But the point of this one is we're going to talk about education. But before yeah. we get into that, like, can you just educate me on, like, how the hell did you, like, you're 43 years old. Yeah. Where did you, how did this happen? Yeah. How did you become this guy? Yeah. How did you become one of the best speakers that can stand on stage and speak with the, the, the entire world which is is i, I will second that the thank guy you, brother can, the guy can speak on stage like nobody's business thank you brother i appreciate yeah. it and um anyways but yeah where, where did this all start man um 18 year old matt go highly yeah 18 <laughs> year old matt was not a whole lot different than 12 year old matt than 22 year old matt like he wasn't he was kind of a moron who who was really good at at playing the game of school just so we could do sports and, and girls, you know, like yeah, that yeah. was, it was yeah, the yeah. same thing, man. Yeah. I always tell people it started like, it started at four realizing there was a game of school. So I knew that early. You really I could did. See, I remember being four years old in kindergarten and being sat at a table and they said, okay, you're the, you're in the red group. And I went, all right, whatever. And they're like, we're going to do some reading. And I went, okay. And so we sat down and I saw them organizing everybody else. And like blue group is over here and green group is over here. And I remember looking and going, Okay, well, they need the most help in reading. That's the group that needs a little less help than them. We're the group they think has it most dialed, just judging by who's at the table. I remember that at four, four or five, you know, whatever I was. I was in So what do you think, that, where did you think that came from? I d- that, that pattern recognition. So, you you know, you, thank you for those words on, on the speaking to. I always tell people I'm very good at a few things and I suck at everything else right I mean that's just the reality of it so I just lean into what I'm good at speaking on stage is something that is a very easy DNA sort of deal pattern recognition is another thing that I've just I've been gifted with but it's also something that's 
interesting. And you put those two things together and that's a dangerous combination, yeah, right? right? It's interesting because yeah. I start to look and go, okay, well then what does this mean? I started thinking ripple effects as a young, as a young person, right? And so um, I remember very clearly picking that up and going, okay, so there's, there's somewhat of a game going on. So I'd start to take a look for that game playing out. And it was right about eight years old-ish, third grade, where I went, oh, this school thing's actually really easy. Like, it's really easy to get all the teachers to like you, to get the A's. Like, there's actually a kind of a system to it. So I can just do this system, and I'm not going to have to try. I'm not going to have to really put in the oh, effort. I was so opposite. I was so, like, I figured out there was a system, and I'm not going to be part of your system. And that's... But I was, like, a re- I was just the, the total rebellious. But, dude, the but parents still, want still the that parents want that version. I'm telling you, freedom demands the version you just talked about. Yeah, but it causes so much conflict. It does because adults are so trained right? Yeah. Because really we should be cultivating that, that, that understanding that well, like, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and carve my own path, yeah. right? Is what education is ultimately about, which is what we're going to get into. I mean, yeah. that's it. That's what education is ultimately about. I fell in the trap that so many young people do of going, okay, well, cool. I'll play this game. And the problem is you play that game for long enough. You don't know how to do anything else other than play <laughs> that freaking game. Right. Right. So 18 year old Matt had gotten his straight A's had gotten his really high SAT scores, was good at sports, was good at girls, and then came out and went, now what? Like, I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about myself. I'm not that, you know, I'm confident playing a sport, confident, yeah. cocky talking to a girl, not really confident. I haven't earned anything, <laughs> yeah, right. you know? Like, I know how to be the big, you know, the swinging pee pee or whatever. So I'm going, all right, well, I guess I'll go to college. That's what everybody else does. It was the same thing. Four years of so straight, even, even four identi- years of straight A's. So even identifying the system, you still fell into the system. As I didn't far know as what like, else to do. Yeah. And everybody said you had to go to college, right? So I still, I didn't. I'm so like, how okay, did you I graduate high school? Is it good grades? Straight A's. Straight A's. Oh, yeah. Straight A's through. Crazy. Straight A's through. Easy. No, no, and no work. I'm not that smart. It was no, there was no work involved. I just figured out the system. I figured out the system of taking tests. I figured oh, out, right. Man, not me. And I figured that system out. Like I could read. And Total then, CD student. See it, dude. Yeah. And I think it's freaking like I look at it now as somebody who owns schools and starts schools right, right. and has worked with the highest institutions of, you know, higher learning on the like I look at that and go, man, that's that's probably a good sign. <laughs> Which I know is so counterculture, but it's probably a good sign. But you figure out like I just think it, I, I didn't put any I, I, the reality was I didn't put any effort into it because I didn't think it was important. And it wasn't important to me. Right. Well, yeah. to you. Right. Yeah. Education is wildly personal. Yeah, that's the that's part of the so, problem. And that's what's crazy is education itself, knowledge is important to me. Bingo. Yeah, schooling. Yeah, is different. It was schooling just, it just is the I saw same it as thing, a huge waste of time. Correct. I was like this is just a waste of time. Correct. Me. Which yeah. it is. And how many? And everybody listening has either asked it themselves as a student, or they had somebody in their class who asked the teacher, "Why do we have to do this?" Yeah. Everybody has. Everybody's that. had. That. Everybody's yeah. had it. And Mark, the teacher, have you, have you asked that when you were, did you ask school? it or do you have somebody in school oh, yeah. who asked that question? I definitely asked it <laughs> for sure. Why do we have it? So what was the answer that you got? Yeah. From the, from the teacher. Like if you asked that question, what did you get? What was the response? Like, yeah, you said because everybody, and you, you, and you graduate, you graduated college too, is right. Right. With what? And uh, what? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So you, you get those responses like, well, everybody needs it or um, because this is just what we do or because it's going to be on the test or it's because there's no actual like, well, here is actually how this is going to apply to you because you you actually can't have that conversation. So you everybody. went to, so you went, graduated high school. So go to college. A's, and then how fast did you go to college? Straight out? Yeah, I went right away. 
For what? Yeah, I know. To better get better at sports and better at girls, <laughs> you know? Like, that was it. I graduated with a degree in kinesiology because I like sports, not because I knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, so... So your degree is in kinesiology. Uh, yeah, in kinesiology. Yeah, and then yeah. So their degree is in kinesiology, and again, I I, I learned I laugh something because I know about your I, I know what you do and what you know a little bit about your career. It's just so that's why it's funny for that, sure that your degree is in kinesiology. Is in kinesiology, yeah. and then today what happened? Like you and I were working out, and you're like, "Hey, man, look, this is how this stuff is connected." And I have this no is degree how, in kinesiology. You have no degree, <laughs> and you helped alleviate some of the back issues that I've got this morning, yeah. right? So. Again, I mean, we're just, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's these obvious pictures that everybody knows. We just don't want to emotionally like right. just go, okay, we don't want to recognize it, you know? So I was having that conversation about education or not, not education. I've had that, I've had that conversation with my coaches and my, and like Allie and a bunch of my friends about experiences versus certifications. Oh yeah. Cause people, you know, like, like with the agogi and different yeah. things, like what's your certifications? I'm like, I just roll my eyes. Oh. Cause I'm like, I mean, I need, I know so many people with certifications that don't know shit. It means nothing. It means nothing. I was like, well, how about combined years of like, I don't know, 80 to a hundred years of experience. Sure. Well, it's in a, it's you know? a, it's an inherent logical fallacy too. And, and like an appeal to authority. Right. So people go, okay, well, you know, how much, what is your certification? How much school do you have? Um, behind that and what, what I like to ask if I know a little bit about their background is I might say okay well are you um, are you Muslim well, I'm not Muslim I go well, why not why don't you listen to an imam who has gone to school yeah. for a long time to learn about this well because I don't do agree with the ideology bingo so if you don't agree with the foundational that's a premise real way out there thing to ask but that that's brings it right back to it it brings yeah. it right back to it because it's like look you can you can put your if you say you put your weight in the amount of time somebody spent in something the problem is you can find dueling ideologies that have spent equal amount of time right. so you're not really putting your weight in that you're putting your weight in whatever the the premise is that they're saying in the first place right that's exactly right yeah. so that's that's the problem. So if you don't agree with that premise, it doesn't matter how much school somebody has in it. Yeah. I don't agree with where they started in the first place. So it doesn't <laughs> matter. You can be right. the ninja of all of this over here, the ultimate god of the world as far as this goes. Right. If I don't agree with where that started, I don't care. So the certifications, I'm with you. I mean, they don't, you know, they don't mean anything. We have this credentialistic view that's it's silly. That's just essentially just made up. It's made up. Yeah. 100%. Total, total 100%. Make there are people that, that have spent a lot of time in and years in things that matter, for sure. But again, yeah. it's wildly personal. So I get to decide if that matters and if they've taken steps and spent time in a direction that I want to also go. Yeah. Then it matters. Are you talking more along the lines of like, and we'll get back to you in a sec, but no. you're down in the road. Are you talking mm -hmm. more along the lines of like a doctor or a surgeon or something like that? And even, even that. So a surgeon, I mean, great. I have no ability to perform surgery on myself and need to, right. So I'm going to, I'm going to acquiesce. I'm going to go to that. Right. We use doctors as blanket term. Well, there's all kinds of different doctors. Right. And right. so, you know, I mean, what the recent COVID BS, you know, you saw all that as it is, you had a whole bunch of doctors who were saying one thing, a whole bunch of other doctors who were saying other things. Well, they were silenced and they were silenced, yeah. but they still had the same amount of schooling and training. Yeah, right? right. So then it's like, okay, well, what else is at play here? Where did you get your training? Where are you looking at your research? Where are you? So, I mean, that's, that's the whole thing is people need, and, and it sucks because people want to just abdicate responsibility for what they know to somebody else who's the quote unquote expert without vetting the expert, without going down the rabbit hole themselves, without doing the research themselves. Everybody wants to push 
schooling out to somebody else and just tell me what to do, what to think, you know, and that's where, oh, and, and that's gross. immediately as soon as you said, like, just tell me what to think and what to do. I'm like, I'm like immediately turned off. I'm like, I'm out, bro. Like a hundred percent. And that's the, that's the rebellion. That's the, the rebellious spirit in me. I'm just like, I'm, I'm, you're not going to tell me what to do. Me too. Yeah. Get out of here. So you graduate, you, you were in the system, even yeah. though you saw, yep. you saw it was a game. Yep. You graduate college. Yep. What happens then? Graduate college, turn down a job at the White House. No shit. Yes, what? sir. Secret Service. What? Yeah. So I did that. So my entire season. Why did you turn it? Well, first of all, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Yeah. How did you apply? How did that all happen? So, so 9-11 was my senior year okay. of, of college. Okay. Right. So that was my final year. So I have September 11th. Right. That you're was two, fall. You're two so, years older than me. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Okay. So I graduated college in 2002. Okay. So 9-11, 2001. Right. It's my, it's my last year of college. So I wake up to, to that whole thing. And so I started getting the, okay, like, well, what do I do? That's, you know, that was kind of the turning point of like, let's Corps do something. Already. I know you yeah. were, you yeah. were already, you were already out doing some things, right? Yeah. I was playing the, I was playing all the games in school. I was playing games already. You were playing, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Still playing point. Games. We're playing different games. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I just, okay, well, I don't, I, I started taking a look military. Do I, do I do military? Is that where I go? Um, I'm really surprised. I mean, I guess because of the pattern stuff, I, but, but knowing you, I'm really surprised you didn't go military. That was that was what I was leaning towards. Yeah. Um, and I talked to, I was talking to the Marine Corps and I was looking at OCS and I was talking to, um, you know, there was the whole Bud's billet at the time where you go, you could get that or directly, yeah. you could go yeah. directly in. And so those were the guys that I was having conversation with. But I had this loose family friend who also had been in the Secret Service for a long time. And, um, and this is, there was a movie that came out too called 1600 Pennsylvania with Wesley Snipes. Dude, it's not a good yes. movie. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Right? So I had that. I watched that movie and I'm like, dude, ah, that'd be kind of rad. That's kinda, Maybe that's, that's it. Cool. <laughs> Maybe that's it. I'm going to apply and see what happens. Totally not reality. <laughs> totally at all. Right? <laughs> yeah. But Wesley Snipes is awesome. Let me apply and see what happens. Um, so I, I submit my application to uh, Secret Service and actually submitted to um, Marshal Service too. And Secret Service got back to me right away, and they're like, "Yeah, if you want to start the process, like let's let's start. Okay. You know, we're gonna hire a uniformed officer." So I went through my whole senior, almost my whole senior year. I was going through the background and was driving from um, where yeah, I went to school. It's, it's a hell of a process. It's a process, you know. And driving from school, and I was meeting at the um, at the the office in Sacramento, in downtown Sacramento, okay. and doing my interviews there, and going through the whole thing, right? So I get the conditional offer. All I have to do is graduate. All I had to do is get my degree, and, and I'm good. So I got the conditional offer in like March, okay. um, and I just had to graduate in May. And then I was talked out of it by that secret service agent. He's like, you don't want to do this. This is not where you want to go. Shut up. Yeah. He's like, you don't want to do this. The integrity. In integrity. He's like, I'm, there's a lot of things that I can't tell anybody. And that drives me nuts. He's like, do you want to have a wife and kid someday? And that, that's something I always knew that I wanted. He's yeah. like, he's like, yeah, it takes you away from them more than you want. The integrity piece, the, the lying, you know, some of the things that you have to do just for you. He's like, you're not going to want it, man. And he went down the rabbit hole a little bit of there's some there's just some BS that's there that the public sees this behind closed doors. That's it's this. super weird. And he's like, like that's how, hard. Why would he talk to you? Like your whole job is to get people there. Yeah, it that's wasn't, he wasn't weird. the recruiter side. He was the, oh. I've been in it for 20 years side. Okay. All right. And so he's just like, I know, you know, I know you, I don't think, and it wasn't like, Oh my God, stop. But it was like, ah, I just, I don't see the alignment. Mm. And for whatever reason I went ahead and went, okay. All right, cool. Sounds good. So then I graduate and I got no job. 
Like I don't have, you know, I mean, I had the, yeah. the I was working, I was bouncing at a bar with a bunch sure, of other guys that I fought you, with and I was managing an apartment complex and I was working at a bank. I was doing all these things to put myself through school, yeah. but I don't have anything, you know, there. So, um, actually ended up walking through the mall. It was the old school working through the, uh, walking through the mall and the old school approach of like Abercrombie and Fitch. Like, Hey, yeah, do you want to work here? You know, I'm like, I don't know. What does that mean? They're like, well, do you have a degree? I'm like, I just graduated like two days ago. They're like, you can be a manager. I'm like, cool. What does that pay? Done deal. Sign me up. So start working these odd jobs, man. Um, it pays it $12 an hour. It, it really wasn't a whole hell of a lot more than that. I just knew, okay, management position. It's something that's at least starting me in a path. Cause I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Right. But I'm super grateful for it. Cause it actually, I ended up helping a gentleman one. Well, first of all, I met my wife there, um, which was pretty rad. At um, Abercrombie? At Abercrombie. Yeah. She worked there too. So that's where we met. So we developed oh, a friendship. Shit. Yeah. So, um, so I'm very thankful just for that reason alone. Yeah. Um, isn't this the, our past wild? So wild, dude. And that's the that's like part of the older when you look back at it, the weird little things, and you're like, but that's, dude, that's part of the point, man. Yeah, is schooling tells you it's a step one through ten process, uh, and it's not, man. Uh, it's not. You got to yeah. get out of that. You got to get out of that that mindset like of your like, whole well, life, that. your whole all this potential in your whole life is just like you, out you there. Have, it is, and it's not about finding the path oh. as much as it is forging one. Yeah. Right. And so even there, so I'm working at Abercrombie, I end up serving this. I'm just trying to do the best job I can do. I end up serving this guy. I don't know who he is, but at the end of it, he's like, man, I like your vibe. I like your style. Um, I think you need to come work for me. And his name is Mark Mastroff. He's the founder of 24 hour fitness. Okay. Right. And he's like, I want you to come work for me here in the Bay area at our flagship club. This is like our headquarters club for the entire thing. He's now partial owner of the Sacramento Kings. I mean, there's just Uber, you know, wealthy dude. And he's like, come work for me. So I end up working at 24 Hour Fitness and running some of the gyms there, and then running How some of the. How big was 24 Hour Fitness at the time? Monster. I mean, it was a monster. We had there was hundreds of clubs across the across the country. My we whole were at the flagship my, club. My, it's kind of weird. My perception of America during that time, yeah. is like zero. Really, I'm in the Marine Corps. Yeah, so like my world was completely different. It's true, the things that that's happened, true. Like I have no idea really. Yep, I remember there, like there's movies that I missed and like things that have happened. Yeah, I was just. Yeah. Out of 12 years in the service, I was gone six. Yeah. So, so you like, don't have any context for a no, whole big no, chunk. Like yeah. the, there's, makes a big, sense. there's a big chunk of life that is my perception is just very yeah, skewed. Yeah. You know, so but it's interesting that. You which know. is cool, though, because it gives you also perspective. Yeah, a very of like, different one. Yeah. You know, very much Anyways, so. So they're, they're huge at this time. They're huge. Okay. Yeah, they're monsters. But what ended up happening is, again, just by doing the work that I could do, whether I loved it or not, just doing the best job I could do, the next uh, kind of recruited sort of event was one of the members there who's like, Hey, you should come work for me at Stanford university. Shut up. So that's how I ended up at Stanford. So no I always tell people like it, I from Abercrombie, from Abercrombie to, 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 fitness to Stanford. Stanford. Uh huh. And it was all the same. It wasn't, I wasn't anything special. I was, I like people. I try to serve people to the best of my ability and I try to take care of them and do the right thing. And I mean, that's, that's really what it was. Right. And they could see a young guy who was working hard and was respectful. Um, and at least if I wasn't enjoying the job I was doing, nobody else could tell. Yeah. You know, and I was just bringing those, this kind of the time old, you know, time honored traditions to the, to the table. So is that something your parents put into you or is that something you just, kind um, of more, more coach mom a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, the anti dad a little bit, Right, oh. kind of going against that a little yeah. bit. Um, one of the smartest people I've ever met, but did nothing other than make some some poor decisions. Yeah, um, just out of his own. You know, now that I know him, now it's I have nothing bad 
I had nothing against the man, but just his own fear of his own inadequacies, you know, and so I knew I didn't want to do that. Um, but coaches too, you know, martial arts growing up, um, having coaches and still in that work ethic was a, was a big when deal. When you start martial arts and kickboxing? Six. Yeah. Six years old? Yeah, six. Oh, started okay. a little bit of Taekwondo and then into uh, kickboxing early. Dennis Alexio was a world heavyweight champ at the time. He played, um, you ever seen Kickboxer? Yeah, he's John Claude Van Damme's brother. Oh no, shit. right that guy. Yeah, so he was the world heavyweight champ. He's from my hometown, um, okay. so got in early and started kickboxing then too, and played basketball, football, and all that kind of stuff too. But how'd you pay for college? Worked my ass off, three jobs at a time. You paid cash, mm-hmm. no yep. loans. Yeah, a uh, little bit of loans, a little bit, um, of loans. a little bit of loans, but I didn't take anything from my parents. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. All right. So, what so did you, what did they hire you at Stanford for? So it, working in the controller's office, which is just. That's the controller's office. Did the that tie over from, of where, from uh, 24-Hour Fitness? Not at no. all. So you weren't doing anything? Not at all. Work. But the guy knew I had worked in the bank before. You know, okay. I was just like, ah, oh, whatever. We need people that are good interacting <laughs> so with them. Same, same thing, Same basically. thing. <laughs> but it was, interacting with, it was interacting with everybody, right? So the, you know, I had to interact with, uh, with the professors, with the administration, with the parents, with the students, because they're all utilizing the controller's office and paying bills with the um, you know, fundraising. So it was just, it was the hub that everybody interacted with. And he just liked the way that I interacted with people. Yeah. Right. It was that. And so it was starting out right there that I got reminded of that game that I knew it at four, because then I started in working with like the admissions office too. You start seeing, okay, where's the meritocracy? Isn't it get straight A's? So do what extra year, what right? year was this when you showed up to Stanford and started doing this work? 2000. Oh, so fast. 2005. Wow. Yeah, 2005. Because I was, uh, yeah, like a year and a half with each one of the other, with the other companies. Yep. Yep. So it was like 2005. Um, And you start to see what's going on. I'm seeing all these really, really smart kids who are broken. They're really smart, but they're broken. I'm like, how do you guys not fall down more? Like, they're just having all kinds of freaking issues, right? I'm seeing that. I'm seeing the game of admissions. I'm seeing who's getting admitted. And I'm like, wait a second. I thought you had to get straight A's, get all your ducks in a row, do extra community service and do it. And then it's like, here you go. Right. Well, no, there's a multi-layered game that's being played. Um, so I start seeing all that going, okay, well, this is not the game that, that everybody thinks that it is. Um, and that's also where speaking ended up starting too. We ended up starting a, a corporate training for the whole university. We started it while I was there. And so I became the first corporate trainer out of the controller's office at Stanford and start to, I just got to go kind of create my own curriculum, create my own talks, create my own speeches on how I thought I could help specific departments. And so that's what got me in front of people, which I didn't did, know was going to lead to a push you to do this. Or did you, did you just, I kind of, no, I, I kind of threw it out there. kind of went, Hey, we're kind of going we in that direction. We can do this better. And if I, everybody understands what's yep, going on. I'm like, what if I put this together and we just kind of rock and roll and see what happens? Um, which I didn't know it was going to lead to stages, but I knew I enjoyed being in front of people and educating. I'm like, oh, okay, well, then naively, I'm going to go fix the school system because I see what's going on here. So I'll go fix it from the ground up. And so my next job after that was a public school teacher. So so how long were you at Stanford? Um, three three years at Stanford. Three years. Three years. So wow. 2000, 2008, jumped into public schools. So you went, and, be- and then you went to become a public school teacher at yep. what age? Became, so I was 28. 28 yeah. 27, 28. Yep. You're already with your wife at this time. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. We got, we both were working. We were actually both working at Stanford. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, so you dragged her over too? So, uh huh. Yep. Did you drag her to uh, to twenty four hour fitness? No, uh-uh. no. <laughs> no uh-uh. So she had just gra- she's a little younger. So she had just graduated. That was her first job out of school. Okay. So we're both working at Stanford, um, and we used our Stanford income to qualify to buy our first house in the Sacramento area. Which, if you don't know California, that's about three hours away. So we used that income, cart before the horse, bought the house, moved, and then went. Guess we better find jobs. Um, and so, but that's where I went. I was like, I know I can get a job as a, as a public school teacher. So I went and got credentialed and, and got my, got my, what were you teaching? Uh, phys ed okay. uh, and then math and then science. But I was, I was, but the problem was I was teaching children, not the curriculum, not the subjects, right? I was teaching them. I was in a hard, we were in a, you know, if you know the Diaz brothers, right? Nate and Nick Diaz, uh, oh, the, the, the fighters, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So I was in their kind of hometown area okay. teachings, right? It's a rough area. Yeah. Trial by fire. These kids needed mentorship. They needed so you guidance. you were teaching kids not the curriculum. How'd that go over? It, n- not well. Not well. Oh, I was what I called creatively insubordinate, you know, oh. for sure. And and I got brought into a superintendent's office. And he's like, okay, we have a problem. You're not doing what you're being asked by your site administrator. Yeah. Like, you're, you're working with these kids, but but we need you to teach like we've got these tests that they've got to take. The funding goes here. Let me give you a little bit of how this works. So this is what we need you to do. And you're not doing that. The problem is it wasn't even about the kids. It has never about the kids. And he's like, the problem is you're the favorite teacher there of the kids. You're the favorite coworker of everybody there. Your administrator actually really likes you. The community likes you. He's like, so we're not going to fire you, but I need you to, I need you to bend. I'm like, oh, fuck. The older I get, the less that's, my thing <laughs> you oh, know right. like, it does become a little harder to really does man. Older, yeah really does so again naively i'm like all right well i'll go fix it i'll run my own school so i'll go get my admin credentials so i can be a principal so i become a, a public school administrator and you realize it's it's, it's, not it's very much same. money power politics it's not about the so kids you at all you actually principal. have a less mm-hmm, you actually have less power as a where principal, you, where were your principal as same area really mm-hmm. yep holy shit man. mm-hmm so, and there was no, so I left six how, figure job. How long were you a principal? For? Not even a full year. Couldn't really? do it. Left a six figure job to go over to, again, naive thinking private schools were going to be mostly different. Oh, this is, well, this is my thought process too. Like until I met you, I thought the same thing. I was like, okay, well, I even thought, and not to, not to get into it. I don't want to get into it too soon, yeah. but I even thought your schools were the same thing. I was like, oh, well, it's just the same thing. They just do it better. Mm. Kind of like what your yeah, thought process right, is like, well, I'll right. just go private. We'll do it better. Right. And it's not. It's yeah. the same. Better version of something shitty. Still shitty. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, <laughs> yeah. Still, it's still wrong. Yeah, The method is the still wrong. The wrong thing is still the wrong thing. Yeah. yeah. You can do the wrong stuff more efficiently. Like, Shit, man. So right? you went private school. And private. What did you, you do for private? So I taught for a year so I could get a grip on the the um, kind of the community. And it was the first thing because it was like literally I left and the school year was about so like how like on a personal level how frustrated were you extraordinarily going from stanford to to teaching to a principal job and now to like of the whole system like how personally like like the conversations at home with your wife like how frustrated were you in that time in life extraordinarily frustrated and i didn't do a good job of i didn't want to put that on her we were about to have our first kid Okay. So I did not do a good job of expressing it to my wife. Uh-huh. I just went, "Hey, by the way, this is this all this whole thing is is shitty, and I've got to go." She was very supportive. Yeah, obviously, 
Right. And she's like, okay, I trust you. You didn't communicate. But I didn't communicate well the why. Where you were and your thoughts. Where I was and what I was seeing play out. But I had also started to dive into the origin story of schools at that point too, right? When did you start to really like communicate your issues with everything? And obviously, because you're on a freaking journey. Yeah. Right. This is all a journey. Yes. So when, when in your relationship, or when in your this story did you? It was another couple of years afterwards. Really? Yeah, it really wow. was because I was really, I was, was it really a break, was it like a breakdown moment, or were you just like hey, um, we got to talk, or it just kind of naturally happened. It broke her down because I didn't, I hadn't, I hadn't communicated well, yeah. you know, and so it was all of a sudden I was just like, ah, you know, and just freaking barfing it all out. So her. don't, ladies and gentlemen, don't do, do that. Do not do that. Walk <laughs> through that process, right? I was in my head. I'm like, okay, I want to save her from all of this kind of stuff because it's my own thing. I'm going to figure this out. And I really was men, still. And that's a and problem what, that men do. It yeah. totally is. It totally is. And I was still hopeful that if I went into administration at this private school, I could change that, that that was going to be my avenue to create something good. Cause at so that point we've got our own kids and I'm so like, I need yeah, somewhere so for them to go. You got in as a teacher. Yep. And then we went to administration there that next year. What'd you do in administration? Uh, I was principal or vice principal. Um, and part of the administration team. So there's three of us that were, that were running this, uh, a, a big K through eight private school and still, Oh, it's, the, it's even worse. It's even, even worse. And we went for, I was working in ganglands, now I'm working in Disneyland. You know, it's an upper socioeconomic place in California. It's one of the wealthiest areas of California. It's just about money. And it's just about money. It's about the same system. It's about the same kind of politics. You know, they just have more money. And the, the problems are the same. They just, the drug system is the, the, same. System is the same. The drugs are different, yeah. right? Um, the drugs are more, you got weed over here. You got some more designer drugs over here, right? right? But it's the same stuff, man. And more importantly, I got more on the why school looks the way it does and why people are so attached to it. And then it became an integrity issue. Once I knew what school was designed for, it became an integrity issue. I could no longer do what I thought was hurting so before children. We, yeah, before we talk about that, how long were you an administrator at a private school? Four years. Took you four years to... To finally say, see, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. How old were you when you quit? 34. Family, everything. Oh yeah, the whole. At that point, I had two kids. Balls, man. At that point, I had two. I went from the I went from the six figure public school teacher to a thirty for to a year of thirty one thousand dollars. The fuck. At this private school. Hopefully, your wife was making thirty one k. She was not working. Oh shit. With our first kid, and I went. I will figure this out. I promise. Like that's talk about it. Just a freaking rad human. She was like, all right, man. I, I trust you. I trust that you're going to figure this out. And in California. And in California. Yeah. And in a, a, you know, a wealthier area of California. So we did that for that year. There was a slight, you know, there was a salary bump as I went into administration, but it wasn't huge. Yeah. Um, but it was like, okay, I, I've got to, I've got to go. It's an integrity issue at this point, And there's nothing that's going to happen. I'm not going to change the minds here. I'm not going to make the kind of income I, we need to make here. There's an integrity and, in, you know, I'm not aligned here because I already know what I know what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. I can't send my own kids here. I got to I got to do something else. I got to figure this out. I got to build something. It's kind of like where, I, where I'm at now with my second generation of kids. Yeah. I'm like, the kids got to do gonna, something. Yep. Got to do something. Yep. Because there's no, he's that kid will never see the inside That's of right. the classroom. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So. 
All right, so four years you quit. Now what? Yeah, so quit. So I I know I want to build either by build. this point you've had the conversation with your wife. Uh, by you this point that. I've had the conversation, and that was where it was tough because I just kind of barfed out and went, "Hey, okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're either gonna we're either gonna you know I, I think we might need to. I started with I think we're gonna need to home to home educate. And okay. to her, she still had homeschool, right? Like the I way, did. Like you did. Yeah. Like most people who are listening to this right now have. I, even just me saying homeschool, they've got a preconceived notion of what that is, what that means, all the other. It's the same thing you do at home. The same, same thing system. you do it at home, but now the, <laughs> now the parent is the teacher and you've got to retrain yourself on all these things, right? Yeah, that's yeah. how everybody's thinking about it. Yeah. So that's how she thought about it. And it was like, oh, I don't really want to do that, right? And so she didn't, that's where the, that's where that started to happen because I hadn't explained well what my version of that was or that I was looking at, okay, well, how do I launch something else? Um, but again, I promise her I will take care of us. Did and you make sure. quit before you had this all mapped out or did you have something mapped out before you quit? Um, yeah, I had, I kind of had an idea of a couple places I might but go, nothing. but nothing. I just knew it was the right thing oh, and man. I just trusted myself to figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Call it balls or call it stupid. It's probably both. A little bit uh, of both. Yep. For yeah. sure. So, um, as soon as I did, it was like things got hyper. I was backed into a, and I remember talking to, um, talking to Randy Couture one time and he was talking about getting into a couple of like street fights with Chuck Liddell around. Right. And he's like, I'll tell you what, he's like the one thing about Chuck, he's like in those areas, what he'll do is he'll put himself, he'll put his back into a corner. Part of it is so he knows nobody's coming up behind him. He goes, but the other part is he goes, once Chuck feels like he's in a corner, he's just going to go down swinging and people can't handle what he's throwing out there, you know? And so proverbially I was putting myself in a corner too. And I was like, let's see what you're made of. The whole thought process of like putting a gun to your head. That's it. Yeah, like whatever. Time to get at I it. I need to make this happen. I've I need to my make head. It. I got to make it happen. I need to Otherwise, make it happen. Triggers gonna get pulled. Yeah. Bingo. Um, so simultaneously, I started taking a look at okay, what do I want to build school wise for our kids? Oh, and hey, how are we gonna make money uh, in the process? And I had already been speaking on some small stages, just talking about the problems that I was seeing and what I wanted to do with schools. So I was getting invited to do like these little small, you know, educational conferences and and things Who like that. Who was inviting you? Like, um, the people that were interested the, in the different. The universities for a while, I'm not invited back to universities now. After they heard you talk. Hell no. But for a while, the university in the back of the room was like, uh, no. yep, no more. No more of this guy. <laughs> so like universities and other school districts, I was going and doing like PD for their uh, professional development for their teachers and, yeah. and trying to get them to look at things a different way and trying to get them, you know, yeah. fired up. But I was also honing, you know, skills from the stage. Right. So I end up going and doing a talk in South Carolina for a bunch of college professors. One of them's as as we're leaving she says hey i'm gonna go work at uc santa cruz i'm taking a, a new job at uc santa cruz one we're gonna be throwing a tedx i'd love to hear you come talk about what you want to do in education um, and i actually think as you're doing that there's this small group um is that the one that's out there like public tedx the, um there's a bunch okay there's a bunch but that one was one that was coming up i know she you was gonna be part of that there. I, I so we've done that one mm-hmm. yeah i've hosted them now i mean i've right. been i've done a couple of talks and we hosted a big one too um and so she said, but as you're doing that, I really want you to research. There's this guy in Texas who started this uh, MBA program called Acton MBA. And I hear he's going to do some things with some K through 12s too. And it sounds like it's right up your alley. I think you should take a look. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I started taking a look at that and that connected with what I wanted to do on the educational side. The TEDx got me connected with this research firm. Uh, that was trying to shift things in corporate culture. And they're like, I like your style. You want to come take a look at our research if you like it. We'd like to maybe 
test you out, putting you on some stages, we'll pay you for it and see if you like it. And that turned into, okay, well, now I'm doing 70 keynotes a year. Holy shit. Making a, a ton of money doing that, which gave me the money to support the family and start building the things that I wanted to build. And so I was doing them both simultaneously. I was building schools while I was home. And then I was on the road and flying in. I mean, I would fly into North Carolina. When I was living in California, I'd fly yeah. into North Carolina, take a quick nap, get up on stage in front of 3,000 people, rock and roll, jump right back on a plane and, and go back home and go straight to work at the schools. And, you know, I worked I worked seven days a week for about seven years straight. Wow. Rocking and rolling. So. And that's how you end up at a ranch. And that's like how you end up with, in no, a, with nobody else. With really. nobody. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Seven, that's how we end up out here. In, seven years. That's right, man. Yeah. That's right. And so now we're uh, out in the middle of nothing. So, okay. So go back. You, you basically work these jobs and talking to make the money to mm -hmm. build your first school. Correct. That how? That's correct. So what was that first school? So we were part of the Acton Academy network. It was Acton Academy Plus. So you didn't start Acton Academy. Acton Academy started as an MBA program by Jeff and Laura Sandifer. Okay. They but were not a school for, you know, it was an MBA thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. cool. And it was a new way to be an M. So like you look at MBA programs, you know, you get your Ivy league, like your Stanford's and your, your, uh, you know, your Princeton's your Yale's and all that kind of stuff. Right. You got all these guys uh, that get their MBA. If you had to guess five years out graduating with an MBA, how many of these guys percentage wise are running a profitable business? Got to guess. Me? These guys are Ivy League guys, Ivy League MBAs. Five years out, how many of them are, that are running their own business? That are running their own business that's profitable. 10%? 4 percent? 4%. The Actons MBA, it was about almost 70. Holy shit. Right? Why? So that's the question. Why? And the answer is pretty freaking simple, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. During the process of getting their MBA, revolutionary idea, they actually ran businesses. Hmm. They didn't talk about theory of running businesses. They went and did it. They went and ran businesses. So there's experience. Experience. They just got the experience. They got the experience. All the failures while they're right? in school, everything. It yeah. wasn't a grade to chase. And they had people to rely on to solve problems more quickly to collapse time. so they could In real time profitable. so they could become more yeah. profitable. That was it. It's, like right? a, it's a business coach. That's, that's exactly right. That's exactly what it was. So, right, so that that to me was like, hmm, okay. So I went out there. They had just gone, hey, I think we want to do something on the K through 12 side. They didn't plan on doing any kind of expansion. I went out there and I said, okay, I'm going to rock this in California, and then I'm going to help blow this up like worldwide. We're gonna we're gonna get rocking and rolling on this. So I started launching um, something that was associated with that, but I started helping other entrepreneurs launch these as well, so that we could get to like 300 and like there are today. Wow. Um, but then traveling the, the speaking part, you know, I end up at like my clients were Amazon, Google, Netflix, Microsoft, uh, Lockheed Martin, U S air force, Caterpillar, um, Wendy's. I mean, you name it. American Eagle was a big one. Like you name it. I was working with these organizations. Did you ever, did you ever work with Amber Comedy? I never did. Uh, I, American Eagle loved it that I had yeah. never worked with them, but <laughs> I worked with American yeah. Eagle. Right. That's, what, that's why yeah. I asked. The totally. Yeah. yeah. So funny, man. So, but it was great. Cause I got to hear. I got brought in because they were trying to, it was all around generations and generational behaviors, leading the younger generation. What does that actually look like? How do you find and recruit good young people? Um, these young people are coming in and they're no, you know, we kind of want to fire them all. We want to get rid of them. So it was helping bridge that yeah. gap. So I got to hear what they wish they saw from young people so that I could bring it back to our schools and, wow. and, and give that to the young folks. 
So before we get into those schools, yeah, let's let's go into this. Um, and I've made some videos on it. Yep, which you actually I think shared, which I was like, oh sweet, I actually got something right. Yeah. <laughs> Matt shared it. Um, but let's 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 go back into history. Um, let's talk about child labor laws. Let's talk about mm. um, how did the public school system, mm-hmm. like how did the you know the little schoolhouses that you saw back mm-hmm. in the day compared to. Um, I don't even know what you called them, but like, you know, the little neighborhood schoolhouses that all the kids yep. from all ages would go walk up yep. to the thing and they'd spend a few hours in school. Yeah. And there'd be one teacher for all of them. Mm-hmm. And then from that to essentially an organized, federally funded or state funded public yeah. school system. Yeah. And, and, you know, give me the, in your words, give me the history of what happened. How did this all become? How did we get here today? Yeah. Um, I'll give kind of the high level, I'll give kind of the high level, but I, what I would like to do is give people resources too to go take a look and read this for themselves too. Right. Cause yeah. I'm going to give the high level, um, as far as, as far as I've seen it and, and understand it, but there's a gentleman named John Taylor Gatto, G-A-T-T-O passed away a couple years ago. I highly recommend anybody go read his work. He is the foremost historian for how things became the way they are right. now. John Taylor Gatto, G-A-T-T-O. So he passed away a couple years ago. He's got um, some great books, Dumbing Us Down, Secret History of Underground, Secret Underground History of American Education, Weapons of Mass Instruction. Um, he's, yeah, he's That's a good one. He is That's so good. good title. <laughs> but he's so good. And he lays out the history of, um, you know, guys like Horace Mann traveling to, to Prussia to see what's going on. It's a Prussian military design. More about, uh, getting obedience, blind obedience from the population and adherence to what the state says and making sure that you always are obeying what the state says. And for them, it started because they lost to, they were losing, they lost a war to Napoleon and their, their takeaway oh, was, it goes even way more, deeper. it goes way, go it goes way deeper than what I so just, what I already even, they lost to Napoleon and so their contention was, well, the reason we lost was because our soldiers started to think for themselves. They started to see some inconsistencies. They started to see things were wrong. They started to see that, um, you know, some of the things we were telling them were propaganda. They started, so we need to develop a system to train our young people so that by the time they get into the military or whatever, they don't question. And it also is going to allow us to divide based on classes. So we can take a look and go, okay, who are the academically elite that we can funnel into positions of power, right? And we can entice them who are those that are smart enough to obey well, but they get these marks that basically say they're going to be a good soldier or a good employee. And who are the people that are essentially fodder, right? Like it's a class, there's a class distinction, right? So that's why they had developed that. And so Horace Mann goes over, sees that, and there's dueling, um, beliefs on whether or not his views were altruistic or not when he wanted to bring this back. And and I, I can see both sides of the coin. You know, some people say he brought it back specifically to help our government to do that exact same thing. And some people go, no, he just wanted to make sure there was com- that there was some sort of free service to all young people. I don't really care. The point is, he but, brought, but why would you go to get that? System? Why would you go get that system out of all systems? Why would you? Why would a, you go? Yeah. Why would you go get that? Right. And unless you wanted to produce. That's that. right. And all the and, and by the way, all the first PhDs that this country produced from the university level too. So what year all, is this? This is like uh, late 1800s. OK. 
Um, and so we bring that system over here. The first PhDs also come out of that system to start trying to implement that at the university level too. Um, and then we start getting funding from people like Rockefeller, right? Not very shortly thereafter. Um, so he didn't really start it. Rockefeller? He, no. He, he, he went, ooh, I like where this is going. I'm going to blow this up. I'm going to blow but this. He didn't start I'm going to blow this up, right? Okay. He didn't start it. Okay. He's like, I'm going to blow, I'm going to put in the funding, you know, adjusted for inflation, 1.27 billion today. Right. 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 That I want a nation of workers, not a nation of think, uh, yeah, a nation of workers, not a nation of thinkers. Yeah. Right. And what he are you going to, he said, that. he said that yeah. and somebody said, well, what are you going to, you know, how long are we going to have them in there? We're going to have them in there for about 12 years, which again came from a, um, a short term study it was a meta analysis of a short term study to go, okay, well, how long and to, to really get people into a habit that they're going to have a really hard time. Why breaking. do you think he said that? Because he wanted to have control. control. He wanted to monopolize. He wanted worker, he wanted worker he bees. He wanted worker bees. He wanted to be able to monopolize. He did the same thing with the pharmaceutical industry, by the way. Yes. Right? So I made I think I made that video as well. Did Mark, you did okay. we talk Good. about that? Good. No, we haven't talked about that one about mm-hmm. how he basically he he demonized get, correct me if I'm wrong, he he got a bunch of people to write papers because before him correct. all medicines were uh basically herbal. Right. We, were st- we were still herbal. Exactly. So he got a bunch of his people that were paid yep. to demonize herbal medicine. Demonize that. While his people were reproducing synthetic, synthetic drugs stuff based off of the herbs. Petroleum-based stuff yeah. that was synthetic that, that could now be patented. You couldn't patent the herbal stuff. So it's going to deem all of that. And we're going to villainize all that. We're going to deem it all alternative. Yeah. Right? So... S- schools, same thing. It's like same let's thing. get this nation of let's get this nation under control. He's an evil genius. It really was. Like he's a genius, I mean, but he's brilliant. brilliant. Just for the wrong, just for the wrong reasons, yeah. right? And so we start putting in these compulsory measures, and you start looking. And it's interesting because you had Sunday school and stuff before that, but kids would go for a couple hours. Other than that, because that was the original, uh, like the schoolhouse, the neighborhood yeah. schoolhouse, neighborhood schoolhouse. They, was, they worked at the farms. They worked for the family businesses. Yep. They did all that stuff. And this was a couple hours through the church, usually on the weekend, right? right? Do a little bit of reading and writing, usually religious based. And then the rest of the time they were out working a little bit of math, a little bit of math. That's it. That's it. Yeah. They're out working. They're out exploring. Yeah. And interestingly enough, before compulsory education, for what is compulsory education, meaning you have to go. So like what our current right, for what our is. current system is right before this free and compulsory those are dangerous words to go together but before free and compulsory right uh, is very those are very, very dangerous, dangerous words yeah. put together the uh, which look, which why like why would you not immediately question that like right? I would imagine the people in like the the tens and the twenties would be like wait a minute it's free yeah well, and and we have to that's an interesting kind of freedom yeah, right yeah. I'm I'm always wary of freedom that that. I don't have to pay for. I don't have to pay for, <laughs> yeah. and and has to be forced upon me, and I also have to force it upon somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting kind of freedom, yeah. you know. Um, but before that, literacy rates had had, I mean, jumped in some places in the country. You, you'd seen these literacy rates. Parents had started to take more control of that in their neighborhoods and started to make more of an emphasis on that right. literacy rates. Um, even in some of the worst states in our country, you know, in, in like some of the southern states, they had jumped up to like 81, 82, 83 um, percent in some of the other areas that were a little more, quote unquote, educated at the time. You're talking 97, 98 percent literacy rates for which program just in general okay, with no general. compulsory schooling. Oh, so this literacy is not- rates were off the charts. So why was this happening? And as soon as we invented compulsory schooling, the literacy rates have gone down 
ever so, since. So, so what we have like happening? a 79% in this. We started teaching people how to read, which seems counterintuitive. Yeah. But we started teaching it from a school standpoint. So why were they so high back then? Because parents read to their kids. Oh. It's not. It was just the books. Like it was just the books, and the kids weren't distracted by a bunch of other garbage. They got excited about it. It made sense. Stories. Nobody was saying, "Well, you've got to do it by a certain time." Yeah. Right. It yeah. didn't matter if you were eight and when you learned, or ten when you learned, yeah. or eleven, and and they didn't put something around it like you got to regurgitate certain things. It just became about the story, and it became something that was cool to connect to, and then you had conversations around that. And you're like, ooh adventure and I can relate to that and what would I do if I was that character and what would I right so it was cool so people began to read um extraordinarily well compulsory schooling the rates have gone down ever since in our country right now you know we're below we're far below 80 percent literacy in this country that's crazy for people over 18 yep yep so um wow. we, were, we were off to the races so what year was this probably like what, 19 era? yeah it was early 1900s 1920 1926 27 the, the school system started in the 20s, right? That's mm -hmm. when he started. That's when he started, that's when yep, he started pumping money into it to make sure that everybody was going. Yep. Okay. And that's isn't that also when the child labor laws, did he have any uh, effect? As far as I understand. Laws? Yeah, as far the as way I understand. That I under, yes. The way that I read about it is essentially they enacted. Now, I'm not saying that child, you know, that, that children weren't being abused. It's not my point. Right. But what, what I'm saying is from what I've read, he lobbied. For child labor laws to be put in place mm -hmm. so that children would go to his school system. Correct. Bingo. Okay. Yep. That's it. And so kids were disconnected from the real world. Right. And put in for their own oh, good. And put a system yeah, for their own good. If we haven't heard that for the past three years, right. Jesus. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So oh, freaking mind blowing. And then, you know, you really think about that that time. You know, we're talking over, you know, a hundred years. Talking a hundred years, years ago, right? Taking them away from their parents, bingo, and getting them taught by a, someone else. Exactly. And remember that Prussian system. The whole thing was the state mm -hmm. needed to prepare the citizen, not the family. Yeah. The state needed to prepare the citizen. So we did the exact same thing. Repeated over here. It was about a hundred years ago. And the problem of that is, at this point. Neither of us know anybody. What's the, what's the problem with the system? That it's designed for slavery. And I use, I use that word very, very intentionally. It's designed to make slaves. It's designed you, to make obedient slaves. Why? There is a complete disconnect from school and the rest of the world. Yeah. There's things that look, this why it's so dangerous is there's things that look altruistic. Yeah. Right. Evil is not something that looks uh, is not, you know, the, the, the most dangerous things aren't something that looks on its surface, obviously evil. Right. It goes back to the whole, whether you believe in this or not, it goes back to the whole, like, think about the serpent in the garden. Yeah. Right. He didn't come in. He wasn't this devil with the horns with a big oogity boogity and like, oh, I'm coming for you and I'm going to make your life miserable. Like, super that's scary, not that's right. Not, super scary. Cause that's that very, would, that would be scary. How, and they'd be like, no, I don't want that. How easy is that yeah. to turn away from? Right. Yeah. Real evil comes in and says 90% of the right things and then just twists it a little bit so that you start to get that one so degree you, of so difference. you just drift a little bit. You just drift a little bit, right? And two planes are taken off at the same time, but there's one degree of difference over the course of a long time. They're very far apart. They're very different locations, yeah. right? And so 
that's the, that's part of the problem here is it sounds good. Okay, well, kids need to learn how to read and write. Yeah, of course they do. Of course they do. We don't need that, but of course they need. So the system itself, though, is completely separate from anything that we do in the real world. You start out at an academic, uh, with an academic push at five years old. From a developmental standpoint, there is no way in hell we should be pushing academia. If they're excited about it, they're interested in it, you can expose them to stuff. But pushing academic things and starting to push a timeline goes against the the blanket development of these young kids. Their kindergarten is essentially horseshit. Kindergarten is horseshit, right? Unless it is just completely like a play-based sort of deal and you let them go, you know, Montessori, they've got opportunities to take on responsibilities and manipulatives and make some decisions. I like what Montessori does with that. That's great. Um, yeah, I, but from an I, academic I, standpoint... I think you and I we were talking with Ali and something about Montessori and, and you said, yes, we do in play. We do utilize some of that, yep. but... Not all of it. Yeah. Well, like there was a, it felt like you, when you commented on it and mm -hmm. we never dove into it, you were like torn on it. Well, I'm torn on it more because Maria Montessori was a genius. Um, it's, I'm torn on it because of, of her methodology being bastardized in our country. So you have some that utilize the name, but are still, um, a lot of them have started to be publicly funded. Right. Chase. And so it fucking changes. Everything. Right. Right, it back, changes into the right back in the same system. Right. You're exactly right. So they still say Montessori and they'll give an illusion of Montessori, but it's not actually there. Right. So there should be no, no grading, no pushing of academia involved. So you've got these. That's a great, what's well, a wild thing. No grades. There should be a no, school with no grades. Right. Doesn't that seem, it seems kind of crazy, but again, but like it, if you, if you put me in there, I, I'm thinking about me as a child. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm now I'm, I'm more in. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. hundred percent. As soon as you put grades on me, like you, I'm like, I'm like, I don't give a shit anymore. Right. It was weird. Uh, I was like, this isn't important. Yep. That makes sense. Well, that's again, it's disconnected from how we think yeah. as human beings and nobody operates based on grades in the real world. You operate based on performance, performance and, you, yeah. and results yeah. and the feedback that you get from others in your right. relationships in the real is world. Is it working or is it, is not it working? working? Is it not working? Yeah. Are they willing to pay me for it? Or are they not willing to pay me for it? Is yeah. this getting the result that I want? Is it not getting the result that I want? Right. That's how the world, the world actually works. Yeah. The arbitrary grading thing is garbage. So you've got these disconnected sort of ideals here. They're disconnected from other people of their own age. Right, which is inherently a weird thing in society. You've got all these, they're all, you're grouped together forever by your data you, manufacturer, right? Well, like, well, not just that, but like inside your group of data manufacturer, you're also grouped in red, blue. And you're green. also grouped in there, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Based Back on what you're saying, based on your specific performance in certain things that, again, arguably don't freaking matter. Yeah. Right. So you're grouped based on that. You're in these arbitrary things, which automatically creates a weird social thing because you're you're automatically revering the people who are older than you. Yeah. You automatically you don't have a voice in what you're doing from day to day. So you look down upon the people. It's why there's gangs and prisons, too. Right. It's a safe right. space and it's a way that they get um, a voice. Right. You can exhibit power. Control. Right? It's control. You don't have control over your daily life and nobody likes that. Yeah. That goes against our DNA. So you find this group and then you find a way that you're going to exhibit your control and your power. Right? So you got gangs. That's also why you have bullies in school. Right? So you get these groups together and they start to create cliques because you want a voice. You want somebody to listen to you. You want some freaking power. Right? And so they're playing all of these things out. You have the ultimate authority who stands in front of you and tells you what you're going to do and when you're going to do it and what you need to quote unquote learn, what you need to regurgitate back. Right. It's and it's all 
much ado about nothing. You're not actually diving into things. You're just regurgitating things. You're being, you know, it's all specifically to go towards test taking so that funding can come back in so we can play this entire circle over and over and over again. But the whole point, the agendas are, are one thing that are coming in, right? That's one. But the system itself just makes you go, all right, I'll just sit back. You just tell me what to do, when to do it. And that uh, becomes your habit. That becomes your mindset. By the time you're 18 years old, you're fucked. You're fucked. You don't get Especially out of that. Especially if you go to college. You don't you're... get out of that mindset. It's almost impossible. So you do this, you do this because the government says, you do yep. this because doctors say, you do this because your boss says, you just, that's because you follow the that's rules. That's it. And what does the government tell me I have you to do now? You get rewarded if you follow the and rules. And I'll give you a little carrot, right? You go take your shot, you get your free Krispy Kreme donut. And that's it. And, that's and we are we are a wild. So, so, so talk about that. Talk about the evolution of that system over, over the past hundred years. Like yeah. Where it started, how it was when it started versus where the, like. Yeah. So it's been this. Like you look at it now. Yes. You share a lot. If you don't follow Matt on social media, please do because he shares a lot of this information. Like, so talk about that evolution. So you've got this slow burn now that has taken place, right? Because what happens is, you've got all the, now that we're a hundred years in. Yeah. Everybody that's alive has you know ninety two percent have gone through that same kind of system, whether it was public or private. It went through this. It doesn't matter. It's the same system, right? So everybody has gone through that other than the weird people who stepped outside of it, right? And which again, they're the alternative herbal, you know, they're the alternatives over here. These home educators, right? They're the alternatives. They're the weirdos. They're the whatever. So you got to villainize that. You got to make sure you villainize that. What do they say? What about your kids' social? Jesus Christ. Like what is your your kids? Homeschool kids are weird. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? Yeah. Because there was no weird. Did you ever go to, did you see any weird kids in public school? Cause Definitely that, not. that must, yeah. Right. Cause that must have fixed everything. People are like, well, if I, if, if my kids homeschool, won't they be weird? If you're weird, probably. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a weirdo, you probably have weird kids, whether they're public school, private school, homeschool, here, doesn't matter. Here, I mean, That's here, part of it. Here's a fucking here's here's flash. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with weird kids and, man. and whatever, what, who, who defines and who defines weird, Yeah. right? Weird and a good human who's serving other people and getting after it. Yeah. A weird piece of shit falls, falls in line, gets their straight A's, but is a total douchebag. You know, and is stressed to the max and anxious and on, you know, all kinds of medication. Like, oh, you know, God, the, yeah, it's, it's a ridiculous thing. So yeah. this is slow burn, man, because what happens is now you got all these people that go through it. They're being told that this is they're being conditioned to go. This is what's going to get you ultimately get you the job. This is this is what's ultimately going to lead to success because you say the right things that sound right. Well, education is what is going to lead to success. That's true. Yeah. Schooling is not education, though. That's the problem. Schooling's not the same thing, but people have those things conflated. So they go, Schooling yeah, of course. Schooling is not education. It's not the same thing. Schooling is this is a religion. This is a religion for you to follow. This is not human development. It is your religion to follow. So oh, now that man. we have this religion to follow, and you've been told, you ever tried is, to you ever tried to get anybody out of a cult? Because it's a belief pattern. It's a belief system. Yeah. Right? And so even if you took somebody out of a cult, if you and I went and if we found out there's a cult around the corner going on and they're and they're indoctrinating these young people and they're they're creating all these slaves and you and I are we gonna wild hair up our ass and we're like all right we're, we're gonna, gonna go save one. we're gonna go fucking save one we're gonna go pull them out right and we go pull them out and they're like thank you like you saved me like I'm out of this cult okay but they've grown up 12 13 years in this cult we can go take them and put them in the environments of the lives that you and I lead they're still gonna want to do cult shit yeah because they don't know any different 
yeah. right? Emotionally, logically, we're going to go, look, this is how the world actually works. And they're, they, they're going to go, yeah, but they're programmed and they're still going to want that. So now you've got all these people who've been programmed through this religion. And even if they safe, see, right, because you're, you're, it's safe and everybody else does it. So I, now I can turn around and put my own kids in it too, because I have a religious belief that's here. Oh, I'm going to put man. them in here. And because everybody else around me conforms in that way too, I don't have to deal with all of the issues that come up socially from my parents who went to school and say they turned out fine or from, you know, this employer over here or from my friends down the street. I want to prove that I'm a good parent too. And the only way I can do that is get the Harvard bumper sticker to put on my car so I can show everybody else that I did the right thing as a parent. And that's where we're stuck. So, okay, so was this... Now you're talking about the where this system came from, yeah. which was where again? Uh, Prussian, so Prussian, Germany. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which makes... Mm -hmm. um, Homeschool is illegal there, by the way, still. No shit. Mm -hmm. well, that says something, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Yep. So, <laughs> crazy. Mm -hmm. So, from was this a multi-generational plan mm -hmm. to get us to where we are at today, or was it a natural evolution of that system and uh, the people in charge of that system? Yeah. Um, it's a little bit of both from, from my understanding. So you've got the Rockefellers who's, you know, front loading this whole thing, right. With a little I mean, bit he, of, he was thinking, he, gener he, was, he thinking was thinking generations, generations ahead, ahead. That's generations ahead. And I've got this, you know, these yeah. workers and I'm going to eliminate competition. And I mean, you, uh, you can, you, the proof of that, here's the simple proof, not to skip to a finance sure. thing, but the proof of him thinking about multi-generations is watch how he did his finances. Oh yeah. And the way that he organized where he put his money, how he formed his trust, like yeah, that he, well, that's another. Th I mean, he, he was he that was alone hundred percent planning a multi generational phase line. That alone, this. so yeah. you start talking about the whole Jekyll Island thing. That alone is something you never touch in schools, right? You don't talk about first of all, you don't talk about taxes. Period. Second of all, you don't talk about the fact that guys like Rockefeller actually created a separate tax system. There's two tax systems in this country. Both are legal. One's for the informed. The other's yes. for everybody else. Yes. Almost everybody plays this 1040 system. There is a 1041 system that's completely legal. I, I'm, we, we've been switching systems. Hell yes. Because it's education. Abs that's part as, of it. As right? soon it's, as you get educated, you get, you get uh, what is the word, like financial literacy, essentially. Uh, yep. Yep. You're like, wait you a minute. Completely. Yeah. Why was I never taught how to play this game? Yeah. All right. So yes, he put that. He was part of putting that in place as well. So okay. So he's he got was, that whole got that whole thing that he's front loading there. So there's the the part of that is that that natural evolution. But as you're as you're putting all these people in place in these you know these superintendent roles and these government positions and a lot of these guys early on got their PhDs from these same universities that started with this the same whole Prussian view of like let's get everything back towards state control. What you end up happening is you have these teachers unions that by about the 1950s are essentially taken over by people who very much believe the state should be raising your children. It is they call it, it's a cradle to the grave plan. Is there is the the name of it. What was the jump there? Like, what was the reasoning behind that? I, and that, I don't know. I would okay. read, I read God. I don't know if Gatto even j dives into that um, at all. And I'm sure there's resources on it. I can't speak intelligently to it. Um, it's just right about the fifties. That's when the unions got taken over by, you know, what people would look at it and go, okay, well, that's more of a socialist or communist sort of point of view, mm -hmm. but it's the state 
needs to to take over. Did you watch a movie called Amsterdam? No, sir. No? Uh-uh. Mark, did you see that? No? Oh, you guys got to watch that movie. It's basically a, um, what do you call it? Like a, a fictional movie um, about real world things happening around uh, World War II. Mm. And um, they've, they base uh, Rob De Niro plays, um, I guess, the fake version of um, who made uh, Smedley Butler mm. and how these, like, these group of CEOs and these top corporations tried to get, because they had overseas manufacturing in Germany, they mm. had all these things happening, these, like, businesses that were profitable during the war machine was turned on, right? Yeah. So they tried to get Smedley Butler to be the voice mm. of them to motivate all of the veterans to essentially create a like one party system mm. so they could be more, have more control and be yep. more profitable. Yep. And that's when he wrote uh wars a racket. Got it. And uh, anyway, so the movie, is, the movie is a completely fictional story, but yeah. it's based around that timeline yeah. Yeah, and yeah, what yeah. they were doing with, um, so not only that, they were funding these basically castration clinics um, and yeah, for like the lower, yep. you know what I mean? So yep. they could control populace. Yep. And anyways, it's a wild, wild. it's a wild story. Amsterdam. Yeah. All right. Movies, movies called Amsterdam. And it's about a group of, uh, basically a group of veterans that came out and became a lawyer and a doctor and, and then somehow they get wrapped up into this shit with the agency and a couple other things. But, and then the general gets involved, but not to give it away, but at the end of the movie, they show uh, his public, Smedley Butler's public speech about what they was trying to get done mm. and how they were basically, they were trying to pay him and motivate him to be their spokesperson to create a dictatorship in the United States, all backed by corporations. And of course, they never said what the corporations were, but sure. like, if you're a smart guy, you know history. And you, if you read War is a Racket, you can... You can you can kind of paint you can yeah you can put two For and two sure. together and For figure sure. it out. So yeah. that's an interesting time that that's you said during the fifties post World War Two yep. that this kind of methodology was starting to get yes down. So yep yeah anyways. yeah that's exactly right. And many of those organizations by Which, the way like, are, what, like the fact that we're like we're talking about this. This is what I that you know they, that old saying is that those that do not know their history are doomed to repeat it. For sure. And it's like why are why are we not teaching this stuff? Hello. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's exactly right. Right. Anyways, all right. So 1950s, uh, they're going into so, you're going yep. into this stuff. So yep. go So they've got um essentially control of the unions at that point and it was it was game over. And they started laying out a plan of uh how to c- start to narrow the focus at schools um in general. You didn't have a lot of private schools at this point, right? It's it's public people are public schools pretty much it yeah right yeah and so we're going to start to narrow the focus we're going to start to take some of the intellectual freedoms away from the teachers that we have mm-hmm. in here and we're going to start to narrow what they can do and when they can do it um, and we're just going to do it slowly over time if we immediately come in and, and start to standardize absolutely everything and take away all the intellectual freedom from these teachers like we're not going to get people that are you know that are doing this and, and simultaneously we're going to make sure that um, we're getting women into the workforce too, because hey, everybody's got to have these two, you know, person incomes. We can get extra taxes um, coming from from that too. And we start to liberate the liberate the women so that they can go to work, and so we can get the taxes. And now it's got well, of course, thank God we got public school. Thank God we have compulsory school, so everybody can send their kids there. You don't have to worry about it. Your kids are going to be fine. Have kids, don't have worry kids. About it. You guys both go to work for us. For us, uh huh. Yep. yep. 
You and guys, we, and we will teach your kids. We'll take care of your kids. Like when you paint this picture, it's like a very different picture. For sure, it's the same picture. For sure, but it's a very different picture. It's and different again, picture. it's really hard to see in the mix because people will go, you know, they they try to emotionally figure this out, right? Because there's there's the logic to it, but they try to emotionally figure this out. So they go, okay, well, first, I know my kids' teachers, and they're really nice people. Yeah. Yes, they are. A lot, most of them of, are. You were one of them. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure. Most of them are really good people. Most of them are there because of the right reasons. Yeah. Most people are in most religions for the right for the right reasons and think. are good people. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. right. Right. And they're going to be very kind people. It doesn't mean the religion they're associated with is right. It just means they're good people who are associated with this religion. Right. So and then they'll and they'll start to also do well. I went to school and I turned out fine. Right. So, so it's not, it's not actually a big deal. Well, that presupposes a few different things. One, that it's the exact same as it was. Again, part of this plan is to, over the long haul, start to narrow down what's actually being taught and what's, what, what matters. Right. So that mm -hmm. gets us to where we are today, where it's a very, very narrow focus. And we're testing on this very narrow focus that we tell everybody has to start earlier and earlier and earlier, which means you just break somebody sooner and for longer. That literally is on our notes. Right. It's like inadequate focus of real life skills and problem solving. That's exactly it. Yeah. Right. So you just get this very narrow scope so that everything else gets just completely disconnected. And as we're moving people down this, this freaking uh, you know, thing, uh, we are able to now toss in all of these agendas too. And so, and that was planned. Like we can start to, we can start to, you know, say, hey, it doesn't matter if you have dad in the home. We can start to have, we can start to talk about sexualization earlier. We can start to like, this is part of it that was laid out in the 50s. And so you've got all of this, you get people out here, but these people are presupposing that none of this is happening, that school looks exactly the same. And they say, I'm fine, assuming that they're fine because of school, not in spite of school. Yeah. And they're assuming that fine is a good goal. Who the hell wants fine? Average. If I, dude, average. I want average kids. Mediocrity. Yeah, I want mediocrity fine. kids. If I, you know, when you and I were hanging out, working out earlier, and I said, uh, I said, man, how's, how's Dimitri doing? If you had been like, he's fine. What would that have tell? I'm like, okay, man, what's going on? Yeah, wh what's why happening? Is he, why is, why he is it fine? okay? Man, how's, how's it going with Allison? It's fine. Okay, what's up, man? Yeah. What do you, right? Right. Fine is a shitty goal. Yeah. I don't want fine for my life. I don't want fine for my wife. I don't want fine for my kids. I don't want fine for my businesses. I don't want, I don't want fine, fine for my business. I don't want life. fine for my I don't health. Want fine life. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Head on your heads though. Nick Kumalatos. Everything, everything was everything fine. Was fine. <laughs> Fuck everything that. Was fine. That's the worst. That's the most yeah. depressing. Like that's the most depressing thing I can think of. Right. You know, so, um, that, those, those are those presuppositions, man, that people just can't get around. And so, you know, we've got this continued narrow focus by the government to just get people in line with this very small, very narrow worldview that is now very, very controlled. So, okay, so current current systems, you're basically um, teaching to the lowest common denominator. Right. Right? Yep. A bunch of things that don't necessarily matter. You're not doing Same real, team, same time. Yeah, you're not doing real, anything real life. Right. You're not connecting anything. Right. You're not. It's, everything is disconnected from its real application, and that's by design. By design. Okay. Physical fitness. Oh, that's is eradicated, out. right? So we talk about was that 
because like you look at physical fitness and I, I love the clip of dude, uh, the last last year of high school. Yes. Yes, man. dude. 1962 last year of high school. That is it. So how, what, did, as how did that get canceled? That is it. Uh, too many, um, not enough funding for it. Right. And so, and then, so we, there's they just, too they many. Just, they just snuffed it So out. you got to get rid of that. Well, what else doesn't get funded? Trades don't get funded. Um, anything that can help you get autonomy is going to ultimately gonna get snuffed. Funding. It's going to lose funding because there's no testing around that mm-hmm. because there's no way to, to just maintain the focus of obedience around that. Mm. Right. So all the trades, all of that kind of stuff that can make you autonomous and, and, and give you freedom and sovereignty, all of those things are gone. The physical fitness, let's go ahead and get rid of that because, again, we can't test to that. But here's the other side effect of that. If we have people who are less physically fit, well, then they're also going to be less mentally fit. They're less likely to rebel in the first place if they're not physically fit. I've been saying this for like... It's 100% it. If you're fat and overweight... You're miserable. And you're controllable. You're controllable. That's right. And your mentality they want is... You. They want you. Completely fat, lazy, yeah, out of shape. Dependent. Yeah, dependent, right? Your health is miserable. So we talk about this whole... You want to men- be rebel? You want to rebel? Get, get yourself healthy. Get, get, get healthy. That's right. And make, you will, your, and make your kids and healthy. And everybody else around you will, will, will see you as a, re, as a rebellious As rebellious. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And we're actually in a weird spot where a, a healthy yeah. family is can be like, well, that's kind of weird. Like, what the fuck? Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, that's it. What fucking world are we living in? It's, dude, it's, we're in the upside down, man. Yeah, we're in the upside down. Yeah. So get yourselves in shape and you do that and you start to eradicate with the mental health issues that we're seeing too, right? It's really hard to force it, because it really ge- does. Like it, it is a gateway. Like we talked about fitness being a gateway drug because it, it is a gateway drug to freedom. It is a gateway completely. Drug for thinking for yourself, completely taking control of your completely. own life. That's a hundred percent discipline in your own life. A hundred percent it is. And that physiology leads into mental acuity too. Yeah, and it goes right? against everything that, that, that they, that they want right now. goes against everything. Yeah. Or they have wanted for right. what it appears like freaking decades for sure so if you're not physically healthy you can't fully you can't be at full mental health so we talk about these mental health for these kids we're taking away the physical part oh but we're also telling you very early and often we're jabbing them up with a whole bunch of stuff and then we're telling them that they're something is wrong with them because they're at five years old they don't want to sit and be bored out of their freaking mind they're eating all kinds of processed garbage they're 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 chubby they're out of shape they've been jabbed up to the nines with all this other stuff that is driving their whole physiology wild and then we go ah there's a disorder here we better get you you know it's a it's a, probably a methamphetamine deficiency so let's get you on all of this shit at five years old and you're going to be dependent upon the pharmaceutical system for the rest of your life as well but Thank we care you. about the mental health Thank of you. our kids. Thank you. F off. Yeah. I, yeah. Right. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. So you, they've, they, you lose funding on any things that you can't test for, which mm-hmm. kind of brings me to standardized testing, which mm-hmm. I've always had an issue with. Mm-hmm. What is the, what's the real deal for standardized testing? What it's, it's, that's the, where funding comes from. And it means jack shit. I mean, that's really as basic as we can get. It means nothing. Who, so why who they, cares? So why do they do it? it because it makes it, seem like you're doing something look our kids are testing well people don't ask the question our kids are testing well and they know how to regurgitate certain things on a test and people will stay again they're abdicating responsibility and that makes them feel good going oh okay good then they're growing and they're doing what they need to do it's as basic and as silly a freaking thing as you can think of i went back and took a standardized test so again i got straight a's passed all those tests, did extraordinarily well, had a great SAT score, all of those things, right? I went back 
a couple of years ago and took a standardized test for some of the parents at one of my campuses just to show them I took a standardized math test. And grade level is not a thing. That's not a real thing. It's a we talk about it like it's a real thing. It's not a real thing. Are you at? Do you make money at a forty-one-year-old level? What grade are you in? Isn't <laughs> right? That's a weird question, right? <laughs> Guess what? what? That's a weird question. I don't even know for, how to answer that. Exactly. It's a weird question for kids too. We've just been trained that it's a normal question and we should be able to answer it. Oh, they're not shit, different, man. dude. Right? They're not. They're not practicing to be people. They're people with less practice. That's all it is. So. You got this whole freaking, uh, what we talk, we're talking like the standardized part. So, so I go back and take the standardized test. Again, I understand the difference between the 1040 system and the 1041 tax system, right? I understand how that whole thing works. My businesses do extremely well. I get paid a lot of money to go stand on stages for big companies. Like I've got, you know, I can look at a P&L. I can, like I've got math down that matters, right? Yeah. I feel like I have the math down that matters. I think you do. Or I have people that. Or you, or you understand how to network and you put it together a team of got the, the people that yeah. that's it. I went back and took a standardized test and I was at a quote unquote sixth grade math level. Oh shit. And I, and it's because I don't use any of that. I could go back and teach myself that if I needed to or yeah. wanted to for any reason, yeah. but I don't actually use it. So I couldn't, I, I can't pass it right now. Yeah. Who cares and who cares for the kids? It means nothing. So it means nothing. So much wasted time. It's all it is is wasted time. That's all it is is wasted time. Mm. So it's a nice, so it's standardized to, and even, you know, there's good teachers like, oh, well, no, it just gives you a snapshot of what, no, it gives you a snapshot of the, of how well you play this game that translates to nothing. So is there a society, a country, a group of people on a even semi-large level that's done this right. Finland is as close as it gets from a country standpoint. Really? Yeah. Finland is as close as it gets from a developmental standpoint, from a country standpoint, from a develop, they, they go as close to um, developmentally accurate yeah, as possible. I don't hear shit and, about happening. Well, and the, and the kind of the irony is they don't focus on standardized testing, but they also always perform well on the best international standardized test. It's a byproduct of actual learning, right? They can still go through and they can still do so what, well on the standardized test. So they essentially they, kids don't even go to school until they're really, until they're about like seven or eight. Like oh, they don't, shit. Mm -hmm, they don't go. And when they get there, those first couple of years are more play-based and they're more about character. It's more about manners, right? It's more about doing the right thing. It's more about taking care of people. It's more about like societal function and how to actually function in society and, and take It's more about that. Right. And then they're, their focus is uh, very project-based. They'll look at solving interesting problems, looking at collaborating together. There's not a huge emphasis on grades. They don't assign homework, right? It's just they're, in, they're keeping inspiration high and allowing people to collaborate and solve interesting problems with character in the mix. That's really all it is. And so at about 16-ish, they're, they're done if they want, and they can decide if they want to go to like a university track or if they want to go on to, you know, do trades or something like that. But at 16, as they're graduating, they kick the shit out of us in these in, in our standardized tests too. So they've gone to school half the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Half the time. Half the time. And in school has looked vastly different than what we consider school here. Their schools more closely resemble real education. Are they all lumped together? 
Um, I believe they let some some interaction take place. I think they they mix ages a little bit. Um, where in some of those projects you're going to work with some of the older than younger, on depending on what you're doing. Yeah. What has that done for the country? Like, how does that affected the the country overall? That's a great question. Um, and I don't. Know. I'm like, in yeah. my mind, I'm like, okay, so we 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 get rid of the public school. System. Yeah. Like hypothetically, let's just create this like for sure hypothetical world, right? right? It would never yeah. happen. Yeah. We get rid of the public school system. Yeah. We, we, we we actually go education, get rid of standardized testing, and right. we go like, hey, real world experience, things that are going to make great humans, great Americans. Right. What happens to the country? Yeah. Oh, I mean, that, that changes the game. So then the question is, is it all because, you know, what happened in Finland, but is it all because of school? Because you can argue, okay, well, it's different because you got this homogenous population. What is the mar- What do the marriage rates look like? What is the availability of a father in a home? Right. Yeah. All of those things start to play into all of this, to too. Right. So there's uh, all of those. You look that up. There's all of those like things. What's, that, what's divorce rates of uh, in Finland comparatively? Yeah. And then like how many father, yeah, like how, the percentage of fatherless yeah, homes, because that, that'd be interesting. Because that's interesting because you're talking about, you know, our country right now. It's 20. It's like 25 percent. If you're just looking at the totality of the country, it's like 25 percent of homes without a father. You start to look at various ethnic populations, and that goes, you know, goes even higher. And then you start looking at crime. We've talked about this in the past. Correlated. Like it's yep. Almost every yep. single totally. time father's home. Totally. Almost, almost every single time. Even if the father is a total dick bag, there is evidence to show that at least if he is in the home, there is a better yeah. outcome. Yeah. Even if he's a dick bag, which yep. unfortunately we've got a bunch of those too. A bunch of those too. Right. And so, and, and I we mean, have, I'm, I'm a statistics of that. I follow this home. Right. And two felonies by the time I was 13 years old. Yep. Bingo. Bingo. It's not, it wouldn't, wouldn't have happened. if I, I know for a fact it wouldn't have right. happened the same way. That's right. You know, that's right. Guaranteed. Yeah. So, so the divorce rate in Finland is 12.3%. Okay. It's 12.3. It's like 50 out here. Is it really? Uh, pretty damn close. I think so. In America. Percentage of single family parent homes is 12% as well. Wow. What is, what's America? Divorce rates? Yeah. In the same thing? Uh, it's 2.5 per thousand. So I don't even know. You have to do the math. 330 something million. Yeah. Yeah. Surely somebody has an answer out there. It's always a multifaceted, you know, it's a multifaceted they don't thing. Want they, the, they don't want the information out there. They're like, nah, just look over just here, cut that down. But, I mean. 15. 15%. 15% follows homes? Uh, no, divorce, divorce rate. Divorce rate? That seems super low. It does seem last low. year. That seems super low. Yeah. Like, I mean, almost everybody I know is divorced. Yeah, there's a bunch. I mean, I hope it is 15 yeah, that would be great. I hope it is. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong on that. I I, it really that. is. I, I know I'm not wrong on the fatherless home part. Yeah. Um, you know, I know we're not, which is unfortunate. So there's all those things that those that always plays into it. Yeah. You know, um, and so that's again, it's a it's a big multifaceted issue. So, and then schools aren't going away in the first place. So yeah. So so here's before we we we, we move on to like the right way to do things. I. When we first talked, it was funny because we talked about Steve. We did the squatter yeah. program here last year. Yeah. And uh, in, in November, it was November 5th. This year it's November, November 4th here. Mm-hmm. There's still one in Chino Hills on July 15th. Um, just go to squireprogram.com. Check that out. Mm-hmm. It's a father and son um, single day event, uh, ages 11 to 16. Change your life. Highly recommended. Yeah. Um, anyways, 
So we did that. He, Steve met you. Was that the first time you met Steve? We had chatted a bunch. That was the first time we met face-to-face. So you guys yeah. chatted while you were here. Yeah. He went back, pulled his kids out of school, started his own academy. Yeah. Like, just like that. like that. He's like, I'm... Because I asked you, I said, well, what about... Because my thought process was this. Okay. So Matt's program is just essentially the same thing, just at yeah. home, just yeah. better. Yeah. Like you said before, yeah. shit, shit program at yeah. home, shit program yeah. at school. It doesn't totally. matter. Totally. Shit. Same thing. And um, and then I said, well, what about accreditation? What about your high school <laughs> diploma? What about yeah. all this stuff? Yeah. And he's like, you mean the all the game? It, it, it's all made up by some person. Correct. And that kind of blew my mind because I was like, I was still programmed to think that this this random person still has authority Correct. over my children, authority right. over this whatever. Right. And it's like who? It's all just made up. It's all made up. And all you, of it. And we, but you're trained to look for ways to obey. Fuck, man, that that it almost pissed me off that that you like you you unlock something on my brain because I was still thinking Dude. like it needs to be a, like it's just a piece of paper that says you graduated high school with this much GPA and this you took a test. That's it, and that uh, somebody that, made. That's all it is. If you think about what schools do, and I, I'm glad it pissed you off too because what it does is it does it pisses almost anybody off that stops to think about it. Yeah. But from my experience, it'll do one of two things. One, it'll either piss them off and they'll be like, okay, cool. Let's go step into freedom. Or two, this pisses me off and I'm going to go, I'm actually pissed at you for telling me that. And it's you. You're the end of Like, like I get the, like, you're a piece of shit. You know I what I mean? Ma- like, I can imagine. A hundred percent. They're like, the F you, especially from yeah. teachers that are like, oh, you hate teachers. I'm like, nope, never said that. Actually, really <laughs> big supporter. You, I, we need good, it's, public school is not going away. And for some of these kids, you're the best human beings they're ever going to see because they're not going right. to have any other opportunity to go anywhere else. I want good people there. For sure. Right? No, so I'm pit, a huge supporter. And like, yeah, but it's that. I was like, let's step into freedom. Like, oh yeah, that's, it's all made up. That's yes. It's a hundred percent. All made up by some person. That's right. That's all it is. That it's just, does, that it's, who, who's to say that they have more of an education, more of a like a say? All you anything. have. And especially when it comes down to your kids. So Right? Wait, so hold on. So that's what it, it unlocks for me is like, one, first of all, I always have a say over my kids, over anybody. Mm-hmm. Right? I already, I've already, already felt that. But mm-hmm. then when you told me that, I was like, oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. why would I give this person... The authority to create a piece of paper called yep. a high school diploma yep. to give to my kid, and he has to do these X, Y, and Z to make this happen to get this piece of paper that you made up. They're gonna dangle that carrot. Yeah. You don't whether you like the carrot or not. They're gonna dangle that carrot, and it's the exact same damn carrot for every single person. And they're gonna dangle that, and they're gonna say, "Jump when we tell you to jump. Do this for twelve years, and if you do it, if you do it well enough, we're gonna go ahead and put this arbitrary letter over here. Tell you you've been a good, obedient little boy. We'll give you this A." Right here, and we'll put it on this piece of paper, and then we'll tell the world that you're ready to go be a good employee somewhere else, and you'll be a good slave for somebody else. Fuck. That's all it is. It's designed to show that you're potentially a good and employee. All of us, yes, all of us are programmed to that process. Yes, all of us. Yep, yep. Even the freest people that think they're the freest, you are still programmed. There's like, still parts where you like go I back. I cannot and go, wait to have you talk to the guys. You know, you're going to get a lot of questions from all the guys in the go. Good, can't things. wait. Yeah, but I mean, it's going to fuck their mind up. It, that's what it does. Because it makes you everybody angry. in our program is fed up. Yeah, but they're just like we're fed up. But I man, I see it all the time. I launched all. What these, do we do? I launch all these schools, yeah. right? And part of it is understanding, like, hey. We've got all of this freedom that's involved here, and people get really, really excited about that word. And again, Socrates says that the, the beginning of wisdom is the definition of terms. So when you and I have the different definition of what freedom means, then when you know 
we're off to a different start. We think yeah. we're off to the same start, but we're off to a different start. Right. So we go, hey, man, we we've got. It needs to go on the board. We need exactly to what it is. Exactly what it, it isn't. So as I yeah. launch in my schools, like if people go in and still send their inquiries, like they were getting videos directly from me. It was a whole series of videos to watch going, hey, by the way, here's what we are. Here's what we are not. Ple- like very clear trying to make it as clear as possible yeah right because do not expect that this here. that's right yeah. we don't care about grades we're never going to say college prep the the paradox or the irony is because of the way we operate and because we understand the game of college it's actually going to be easier to get into college if you decide you want to like it's actually a really easy game to play it's not a game that most people need to play yeah. but it's actually a really easy game to play that's kind of the irony but we're never going to focus on that yeah. so if you want that if you want to hang your hat and tell your friends that your kids have straight A's and that's where you hang your hat as a parent, if you have like, you're in the wrong freaking spot, right? And we'll say it all day long. We'll vet the parents the best we can. Like you beat your chest because your kids have straight A's. You Then you're the, yes, that's it, man. Then you like, you're in the you wrong, freaking, you're that. in the wrong freaking spot. Even saying that if we didn't, can, what we found is if we didn't continue to do parent education throughout, people will slide back into that and they start to have problems with it, right? I actually had a, I had a lady who was a public school math teacher who came to me. Her son was going to our, our school. He's 12 years old. She came, she's like, I got to talk to you after school. So we sit down and she starts crying and she's like, I'm, I'm so bad. I handle the finances in our house. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm bankrupting our family. She's a public school math teacher. Um, she's like, I just, I don't, I'm not good with numbers, right? And I just, I bankrupted everything. Um, this has been life changing for my kid. He's he's doing really well. You know, I, I see the more he's more responsible at home, and um, you know he's he's happier. He's got more friends, and yet you know he's making a couple thousand dollars a month in his business. Um, but he's he's only at fifth grade math level, and he should be at sixth grade. And uh, I think we're gonna have to pull him. Oh. And and those stories are like there's there's a dozen of them. Oh man! Well, hey, I'm gonna take a leak and yeah, take a leak. We're gonna get into that's a great point because we're gonna get into what you're doing now in the the Action Academies and the uh, Apogee Strong program. All right, so uh, this kind of that's a lot of information. I hope people's minds are just kind of like, I hope they are too, man. I hope they are too, and I hope they dive in. I hope they dive into the the resources by Gatto because again, he's he lays it out extraordinarily well about that. Recommend? Um, he th- those are those are the best in terms of the understanding of why school looks the way, the way it does, it does yeah. which I find for a lot of people like that is the breaking point for them. That's where they'll finally go. Okay, I don't like that. Okay, I don't like that. I don't <laughs> yeah. like the intent on that. Yeah. You know, and if it's if college is the thing um, for them, there's a book called I wish I could remember the author, but there's a book called Excellent Sheep um, that I like that'll, that'll lay out the college game pretty, pretty well, but um, those are good resources. So, and, and before, before, right before we get into this, I yeah. want it, it's not going to get any better. It will not get better. The stuff that's happening Correct. in the school system is it, by the, design and it's not going to get better. It's not going to change. We're not going to fix the public school system. We will not fix the public school system. You have as much chance you can go out and, you know, I always tell parents, I applaud their desire to go, um, you know, to the school board meetings and to go, you know, raise their voice about the agendas that are playing out. And like, I applaud that you want to do something. Um, but it's similar to going, okay, I'm going to go stand out in front of the Vatican with a sign 
saying, I don't like your theology, and then I'm going to send my kid to the Catholic Church five days a week as well. Like, what are you doing? You're not going to change them, and you're still sending them to something you say you're protesting. You imagine if every, I can't. If, if you imagine if every parent who gave a shit just yanked their kid. Just yanked. But what, But part of the, one of the biggest things I get Right is well, I mean, other than the, I don't think I could do it because they're, you know, they're they're thinking they have to recreate school at home, so they're thinking I'm not qualified or homeschool kids are weird or like uh, some of those other things. But a big part of it is, well, some of a lot of the households don't have dad there; it's single mom. Yeah, she's working or again bigger, both bigger plan to the system. bigger plan or you got both parents; they're both there. They're like, well, we can't, you know, we can't get out of here. We like, what are we gonna do? Somebody's gonna quit their job? I'm like, yeah. Maybe we, we, we've been played. You might have to sacrifice. Yeah, we have. We've been, we've been, we've been played. played. We've been, we've been played. played. And it's not your fault that you've been played. It's your fault that once you know, if you, you don't take, if you don't take yeah. steps to start to fix it, then, then that's it. But yeah, no, nothing's going to change. The agendas are going to keep playing out. The system is still going to be funded the way it's funded. Um, none of that is going to shift. So you either come to terms with that and figure out how to give them an education in spite of their st- schooling but you have to understand it's not going to be something that just one washes out the other you're still going to have all these things that you're gonna have to contend with you're gonna have these habits that are being built so you got to be intentional about that or you need to do what you can do to put them in a different environment yeah you have to okay so what comes i i guess the first thing that came first is your schools mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. what do you call what do you call them act the acton academies acton academies uh-huh. so Explain what that is. Yeah. So Acton is it's a network of. It started a, with the MBA. It started with the MBA program, and, and you brought it to so kids? so the Jeff Jeff and Laura started building something for their own kids. Okay. They and that's all they had ever intended to do was okay. just that. One of the families moved away, moved down to LA, and they went. Oh my gosh, we'd love to do that here too. Can we just can we partner with you somehow and can we do a franchise? And Jeff and Laura were like, no, we don't want to do franchises. Like we're not going to do that. Um, but if you want to do it and we can figure out a way to like have a shared platform, then sure, maybe we can do that. Okay. And so then they decided is that what it is. And so that's essentially what it is. It's an it's affiliate. Not a, it's not a not a franchise. It's an affiliate network. So there's a tryout. Like there's a whole tryout process. Yeah. Um, to even get accepted, there's been about like eighteen thousand applications to open one. Um, at this point, right? So there's this whole process of what it is, what the methodology is, what the pedagogy is, what everybody, you know, kind of agrees to, but then you get to put your own flavor on it depending on your like what you guys your do community. And what we do with Apogee Cedar Park. But there's a reason we're we're also so I love Acton. I support Acton owners. I've launched multiple Actons. I've helped launch multiple Actons around the world. I help Acton owners every single day, still to this day. What we're doing with Apogee Cedar Park, we're going to be intentionally doing something that is Acton-esque, but we're going to be intentional on I've seen it. bringing back the physical, yeah. bringing back jujitsu, bringing back intentional mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, we're bringing that back in, which is something that Acton as a network does not does not focus on. I did at my campuses, yeah. um, and we're also going to bring but again, back. It gives that that's the beauty of it because it gives you to have gives you the freedom to do that. Freedom yep, to do exactly. That. And, and, then, and as you should have the freedom to do it. Bingo. Yeah. And I also fully believe and understand and have learned, um, again, something I mentioned earlier, is if you're going to launch a community uh, in this way, you're going to launch an educational center for young people. Not only do they need that freedom, the chance to explore, it needs to follow the developmental paths, they need to have crazy amounts of responsibility 
and work that they're tackling. They need to have intentional physical fitness in there. They need to have intentional mentors and opportunities to learn from ninjas in their field. Not only does all that need to be present, there needs to be something for parents to go along a simultaneous path of growth. If that is not there, it is nowhere near as effective. You and I are talking growth mindset all day long. Yeah. We're operating this all day long. Yeah. Right? Most parents are not in that realm. So if we build something for our young heroes and everything is in that operation of what real education looks like and growth mindset and how to actually accomplish that and how to push forward and be resilient, the physical fitness, why health matters, why the, you know, eating the right thing, all of these things. And they go home and the conversation's different. We lose. Yeah. There has to be something there where you've got the parents on board with that too. There has to be. And that's what we're building with, with Apogee Cedar Park and the Apogee schools that we're building out. So give me, just for the people listening, yeah. because they're going to be like, I, I don't understand because there's we're also programmed. Right. You think school needs to look K a certain through way. 12. Right. K right. through 12. Right. It's K those grades. 12. Right. This is the grade. Totally. This is the way you're taught. Yeah. This, yep. you know, writing. Yeah. Reading. Arithmetic. Yep. Totally. Um, yeah. Why is this? What, what makes it so different? What is the uh, what let's, is the other way? Yeah, Matt. So like, let's try to go. If that's if that's not a good way, then, then what how is do the we do other? this on a group yeah. side? Totally. So we got to we got to take development in, into mind, and we got to try to make it as close to a microcosm of the real world as we possibly can. Right. All right? It's the best way to describe it. What are they going to be? They're going to be walking into the real world, the quote unquote yes. real world, like how the world actually operates. What are the meta skills you need to do well in the real world, right? There are a few things that you do need to do well. You need to be able to, yes, you need to be able to read, write. You need to be able to speak. You need to be able to communicate. You need to be able to develop a network. You need to be able to, um, you know, have some, you need to have physical fitness and health. You need to understand how, uh, what systems are at play and what systems actually work. You need to understand, um, you know, how to, how to make money, how to provide value. You should understand how to run a household. Like there are certain things that, that, we that we want so we need to build those things in during their time on campus so looking at a developmental standpoint that zero kind of zero to eight range really is should be play-based that's what finland right gets right too like don't even start until you're seven or eight well if you're going to come earlier fine uh we had we had four years nine months was as young as we would go that's a specific age okay part of that though is so that we didn't go below that in california at least uh, if you go below that, you're a preschool and you're automatically inviting the government to come in. Really? Yeah. So there was a very specific reason. So every state, you're going to play the game a little differently too okay. because you want to keep the state freaking, you, you want to keep the government out of it. Of it. Um, I don't. No. Yeah, I don't. I'll have to take a look. Working here I'll have to take a look. Yeah. 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 Um, so very play-based early on. I mean, okay. it's really about play. It's about character. It's about choices. Very Montessori-esque. There's choices for um, quote-unquote jobs. That they that they can take on and do right, but it's um, very much play based. You get them having conversations every day, which are going to be short and sweet, but Socratic based conversations. So, so four years, nine nine months to what? To about eight ish. Really, all one classroom. Uh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Classroom. Div- whatever, yep. Whatever you want to call it. All classroom. one studio Outside, age. Uh huh. One hundred percent. And this. They're going to be operating on things together, but they also need opportunities on campus to mix with the older heroes too, right? So as you get older, some of these older heroes, part of their responsibilities and jobs on campus are to go in here too and and hang out and play and help facilitate, right? And develop relationships and do some projects and things together too. So you don't really, you don't have periods you of don't. instruction. So you have general time blocks. Okay. 
right? General time blocks with with options during those time blocks. So wild, right? You man. got general time blocks. You realize, I, you realize how hard. I mean, maybe I don't know if it is for you, but you realize how hard it is to under, to wrap your head around this. I, I do for the for, general for the population. majority of the population yeah. until you see it in action, yeah. and even when you first see it in action, because you're so programmed, you're like, ah, but still. Shouldn't they be sitting down, being quiet, being told what to do, right? You still go back to that. And it's still, it's just, it's just like chaos. There's all kinds of things it happening. It seems like chaos sometimes, yeah. right? Because yeah. it, so it's like, yeah, it's still a really hard thing for people to wrap their minds around. Yeah. So you're allowing for good, cho- you're allowing for choices to be made. You give them options, right? And it's, you, people learn to make decisions by making decisions. So you give kids the ability to make decisions. What do you, all you do? What are the teachers called? Guides. 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 Right, because they're not going to lecture ever. There's no lecture. Wild. You don't lecture anybody. You inspire them. You get them excited about things. You have conversations. You push. How do you back. tell stories? How do you how do you teach you them about stories. history? And how you, do you... you tell stories, right? And yeah. you put them in the you put them in the situation of being in that uh, in that person's shoes, and you go, ooh, what ha-? so like this person? What would you have done? What would you have done here? If you had to make this decision that was going to cause this, or you had to make this decision to cause this, what would you do? Why? And you don't worry about where they go from the outcome. You're so um, Ronald, um, the shuttle, the Explorer shuttle, right? Yeah, goes up 1986. Yeah, I remember watching it in school. I remember sitting there watching that whole thing. Everybody's real excited, and then went up and fucking exploded, and all those people died. Yeah. Right. So one of the favorite launches our kids ever had that we would do, um, and I did this with some middle schoolers, but I've done it with my own kids too. So you actually show, you show that, right? Like they're back in 1986. I'm going, Hey, we're going to watch this launch. Goes up, boom, it explodes. All those people die. And we'll go, okay, here's Ronald Reagan. He's the president at the time. Here's his national address. This is how he addresses the nation. Okay. You are now Ronald Reagan. Do you double NASA's funding so that that never happens again? Or do you eliminate NASA altogether so that that never happens again? Mm. And now you've got to have a conversation because you go, okay, where does where do you stand? Who says we double it? We double, okay. Who says you get rid of it? We say get rid of it. Okay, cool. So you're over here. Let's discuss why. And it starts to force them into thinking, okay, I'm going to think. You guys just did this, wise, right? You guys just did this at Apogee Cedar Park talking about war, for war against war. Bingo. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Continue. Bingo. It's yeah, that yeah. same thing, right? Yeah. And so what you do is you give them a hard decision to make. That's age appropriate, right? So if they're five, uh, we're not necessarily going to correct me if I'm wrong. It's a Socratic method. It's Socrates method of, of basically of inquiry of inquiry. Yeah. Yep. That's all it is. Right. Right. So you, we're not worried about getting them to a specific outcome. Like that's part of what's different, right? School says you're driving them toward the answer. School says here, you've got to get this specific answer. This is how you think about this specific thing. Here's what it is. This is not that. It's not black or white. It's not black or white. We just want you to have a conversation. We want you to think about it because you're getting reps in so for the real creating, world. You're creating thinkers, not creating workers. thinkers. Exactly. So that they get into the real, they're getting reps, Super dangerous, right? Matt. They're, they're getting reps. Yeah. You learned it. Th- I mean, you learned to throw jabs by throwing a bunch of jabs, right? right? So that when you're actually in a fight, you know how to throw an effective jab. So you're giving them the reps on thinking through a hard situation, making hard decisions, having to get character involved, having to think and go, okay, if I make this decision, here's what could happen. Here's what could happen. Here's what could happen. What are the third? Yes, exactly. How does this tie into previous decisions I've made? What have really um, influential and powerful people in history done in a similar situation? How did they make 
How did they make those decisions? What was the opposing side? And what were their points, right? Did they have any points that were valid? You start looking at the world through that kind of lens to make any kind of decision that you're making, mm-hmm. right? So we're giving them those kinds of scenarios and those kinds of conversations every single day. Mm-hmm. That's where parents are like, okay, but cool. How do we know they learned? How do you put, like... You're not worried about that. You're not worried about a specific, okay, barf this out, write it down. And we feel like that showed learning because they said the right thing when asked a question. When really learning is just the process of being alive and growing and thinking in general. You're always learning. You can't help it until you're dead. Like you can't help it or unless you shut it off in particular. Yeah. Right? So they're having these conversations on a daily basis and it's age appropriate. So for a five-year-old, they might not be talking about that kind of scenario, but it might be this you know, scenario based on a story they're reading. And, um, you know, there's a young man getting, I remember what the story was that we were reading to, uh, to this group of five and six year olds, but it was like this young guy was, uh, was trapped. He was, he was on a log and it was getting, you know, it was racing down a river and he was just holding onto that to stay alive. Right. So we built out this scenario of like, okay, cool. So now you're him, you're on this log and you're going down there and you see on one side of the shore, you've got Batman and Batman's running along over here and you got the other side, you got Spider-Man, right? Only one of them can save you. Who's going to save you? I want Batman to save me. Okay, I want Spider-Man to save me. Okay, why? Cool. And they're excited, and they want to have the conversation. They want to give their reasoning and their rationale, right? You can do these kinds of things for every age group, and we're not worried about a black and white answer. We're worried about getting them to think through things, and there's really no right or there's wrong. There's no right or wrong that has to be discovered, no and fail. here's the beauty, too. You may be super, super passionate that it's Batman, and you've got all your rationale. Yeah. In the process, I'm learning to listen to what you're saying. I'm learning to articulate my point of view, but I'm also learning to to take what you're saying and then realize at the end of it, you might still be at Batman. I might still be at Spider-Man and we can still be friends. <laughs> we can still go hang out and connect on all these Amazing. other things. Amazing, right? <laughs> yeah. Or Or something else could happen. By the end of it, you could have convinced me with your argument Mm-hmm. that I'm going to go over here and I'm going to agree with you. Shit, I might have convinced you too. We might completely flip-flop sides and be okay. Yeah. One might come over, like, all of those things are possibility. All those things are great because you learn what civil discourse looks like. You learn to take your emotion out of the conversation and learn to look for evidence, yeah. you know, evidence over emotion, right? You actually learn to think. So that's a big part of their day is the conversation. It's the play as they get older, then you start putting more and more challenges in place. You give them options of various um, books that are, you know, lean towards heroic thinking and you have great conversations around those books. You don't read to build out a standardized version of a test. One of the things John Taylor Goddard wrote, he said, there's like 168 different ways to read and, and to process information as you're pulling it out school, because we teach reading and we teach it specifically how to read, to pass a standardized test. You essentially eliminate like 160 of those 168, right? Because you're just showing. So people actually start to only read in ways that will make it so they can regurgitate what they know will be on a test, whether they're consciously doing it or not. They're not actually absorbing the material, thinking through it and go, why did the author write this? What is the context of this? How is this going to play out? They're not actually thinking, right? So as they get older, you incorporate those kind of books. You still have those kind of conversations and you give them bigger um, problems to solve. You give them projects that are interesting challenges and projects to solve in the real world. Okay. We have a homeless situation that's here in our society. How are we going to go fix this homeless 
um, situation specifically for one person? What can we do? What can we create? How can we bring this, um, you know, how can we bring this to the community? How can, like, whatever the problem is, you put new problems in front of them every four to six weeks. You give them an exhibition, uh, like a time period where they're going to have to show kind of their solution to something, to somebody. Okay. Um, so that you keep energy high and they go try to solve that problem. And then you're also giving them more and more responsibilities on campus. As they get older, all of those things stay there. Plus, they start doing internships and apprenticeships in the real world with in areas they think they want to work. Let me, okay. You're just layering in life. Yeah, let me ask you this then. You get a kid that, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's, just, maybe it's a kid that's interested in it. Maybe there's a problem. I don't know. How do you attack? You have a guide. Yeah. Like, if I was the guide, like, I can do a lot of things. I'm really yep. good at a lot of things. Totally. This thing I'm not good at. Totally. Kid needs to learn. I'm not saying he needs to. Yeah. This particular kid needs to learn algebra. Okay. I'm fucking out. Sure. Totally. I'm, I'm tapping out. Totally. Yeah. How do we accomplish that so, in this program? So we got to define need first. Who says he needs algebra? If he does. He needs. Okay. If he does, if he knows that he needs algebra for where he is going, how are, one we of the things, how are we helping this kid sure. be so, an algebra whiz? So one of the things that we forget about human nature is if somebody sees a need for themselves, it's really hard to stop them from getting it if they're an inspired person overall. That's pretty much, yeah, I, I can understand that because... Right? Yeah. So that's part of it. So our job is to keep him... To facilitate to that. To facilitate the... Yeah. First of all, is facilitate the inspiration. Okay. Then when he sees the connection, it's going to be really hard to keep him from finding the solutions. Luckily, there's a million different ways to learn basic academia at this point, mm -hmm. right? Khan Academy is completely free. You can go get a lecture just like it would be a lecture from a teacher who's standing right in front of you. You can get the same thing. It's just recorded. You can get the exact same thing and work through the problems and, and figure it out. Like you can self-educate in that regard. But now he's wanting to. But now he wants to because he's excited. I need this information. I need this because here's where I want to go with that. Yeah. And what you'll find is that it, that was kind of leading me to my next thing so, so you kind of answered the question with my next thing is how are you integrating the modern day education yeah not it, schooling yeah modern day education with the things of that shit that's like the, the fucking internet yes you know what i mean right yeah it's exactly it's like how we got it so internet itself it's you got to we talk about so there's character contracts that come involved with all this so we talk about yeah. the internet being the tool that that it is and using it for the tool that it is and not using it as the weapon that it could be. Yeah. Right. And so everything, everything, everything is like that. Used as a, uh, as this, this can be used as inspire. I can also murder somebody. I can also it. kill somebody. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So you got to get the kids to understand from a character standpoint, and this is where the parents come into and they got to be on board with this. Here's what we use computers for. And here's what we don't while we're here. And so if we're going to use it for research and we're going to make it available to use it for research, like, I mean, it's not, it's not overly complicated the, so, yeah so where yeah where are you at on the internet youtube even ai yeah like, what that's wild it's wild so what can we use it for yeah like what can we use it for people are all worried about school well they're gonna have it write their essays well cool essays are shit when do, <laughs> when do you write an essay when do you write an essay nobody writes it it actually has screwed up our communications it's actually screwed up our writing because what what do we have to do we're gonna write an essay and it's got to be x amount of words Right? Why? Why? If I can, if I can make you understand something in five words, those are the five words that are powerful. It gets my point that? across, Somebody and said it gets that about you to writing a book. And why would I do it in a fucking thousand? There's, a, I, there's some quote out there about because when, when I wrote my book, I was like, well, how long should it be? And 
I was like, I can research what, do, you need like, to, what yeah. do I need to say? Cause yeah. I, I had a thing to say and some people in my book's not long. Yeah. It's a four hour read. Yep. If you're a decent reader, it's a yep. four hour read. Eight hours, I think it's eight hours on the audio book. Okay. I could be wrong because I did podcasts in between talking yep. about the chapters. But yep. as I was researching this, like really like, but I was researching it from the from a standpoint of how long do you, does the book need to be for you mm-hmm. to gather the information? How many words? What do you need? And I, it was, there's nothing out there. There was a, a, an old Arthur, and I don't remember, I don't remember his uh, name or anything, but the quote was, um, your book needs to be, um, it was like basically exactly what it needs to be and not a, not a word more. Not a word more. He's like, it, so and then it went on saying, if, if you can get your point across in, in two pages, your you're, book is two pages. You're done. If it takes 200 pages, it takes 200 pages. Bingo. He said the problem with, auth- and this is old. This is, I don't even know how old this was, but it was yeah. decades, uh, decades ago. Yeah. He said the problems with modern day authors is they're getting told that it needs to be this. It needs right. to be that. It needs to be this. Bingo. He's like, and what we're doing is we're inflating a bunch of bullshit that doesn't need to be there. And school. <laughs> and, and school, school right it's right. got to be x amount of pages right. it's got to be right. x amount of words it's got to be this long so you get used to doing all this fluffy language and all this kind of stuff yeah. which is garbage it actually dilutes the, the the power of your writing and it screws you up going forward because you never ever write essays again yeah you write ad copy or you write an email or you write it like but you're not writing essays for the sake of writing essays i mean it's kind of a joke I'm just trying to, th- I'm trying to put like, okay, a white paper on a subject. What would you call that? Oh, that's that. I mean, that's a different deal. A research white paper though has a very specific format. Yeah. Right. It's got a very specific, and you're still trying to cut the fat on a research white paper. Yeah. There, there's no difference there. Okay. Um, and same thing in a speech, right? And the, the purpose, we don't teach kids about the purpose of writing at all, right? It's write this essay because we're saying to write this essay and you give us a bunch of horse shit, right? So the purpose of just, writing really is to learn how to think. Is, yeah, the whole thing is just, it's it, it really is like it boils down to, like what I'm gathering is it's boiling down instead of doing it to do it, you're changing everything to do it to think. Bingo. Everything. It's, everything is learning to think and it's learning to um, figure out what my gifts are and where I want to go with that, right? Educare, the root word, means to draw out. So Mm -hmm. we're drawing out the individuality. You want that self-awareness. You gain self-confidence too because you've actually tried some hard things and Mm -hmm. um, you get exposure to a number of things because you're trying to solve problems in different arenas and that usually either is like, okay, that was cool. I solved the problem, but I'm not super excited about that. We put together a... Um, we put together a city, we 3d printed some of it. We did Legos for some of it. We did cardboard for some of it and we ran electricity to the whole thing and we worked together to do that. Right. Cool. Cool. Wild. Right. So cool. That was awesome. And it was learned. And I either got really stoked by that and was like, Ooh, this is freaking cool. And I want to go down like a little bit more of a rabbit hole. Yeah. Or I was like that, dude, that was not my thing. Great. Great. Cool to learn both sides. So then you don't focus on that anymore. If I was a kid, that would have been, that would, I would have fell in love with like that's that. it yeah that's it so if you know if you find out early what you're in love with mm. well then the rest of your time should be spent becoming the freaking ninja at that and then you can help other kids that find themselves like totally. it as well totally. all right so you get a kid have you guys done is 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 this all the way through 12 like yeah i said all the way through high school age or whatever yes yes totally. yeah 
whatever that is. Yep, for sure. (laughs) Whatever that is. That's right. So what does that, what does that look like at that end? What age is that? And, and, and what age do you want it to be? So are are you got kids that are 16 going, I'm done. Yep. I've done what I need to do. All set. I know what the next step is. I'm ready to rock and roll. For my life. Uh Uh-huh. Time to rock and roll. Can you tell me some stories about that? I mean, as far as what they're doing? Well, just like, you know, like, you know, what the end, like the, what, but that's it, right? It's so hard Isn't that explain, a weird thing? Because what's the end it. of your learning cycle look like, right? So it's not for it that is, stage, for like the, you know, teenager stage, right? Because what's what, it? What is? How do you graduate your academy? Yeah, you have to be ready. So there's a couple different ways to play the game. If we want to play, I don't know the, how to ask the fucking question? I know <laughs> because you start to see it for the just the silly. It's right. just the game. Yeah, right. So there's a couple different ways to go, right? And so every, um, you know, every academy will take a look at a, a little bit of different things depending on the state, depending on what the student wants to go into next. Yeah. So some will play the game of, okay, we need to um, have a tr- because they want to go on to a specific uh, college that wants to see a traditional transcript of some sort. Right. So that happens. Okay, cool. So we can make a traditional transcript. And the whole idea is that you've got this menu, right? You take it like you and I are eating lunch from a place and they have a whole menu of things. Right. And so the whole idea for our heroes is they've got a menu uh, of, of things. They can't just sit and do nothing. They can't sit and do nothing. And then we just go, all right, cool. You're ready to go rock and roll. Like we want them to to get after some stuff, right? Go do some things, try some projects, read a certain amount of books, launch some businesses, have these conversations, but we've got a whole menu of things. And each one of those, we, you know, have a, a, essentially a value that's assigned to us. So as long as you knock out enough points, essentially, you're ready to rock and roll. You may have really loaded all your points into one section of the menu. Cause that became your thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. So that's where all your points are. We just translate that to a specific transcript. If somebody needs to see it mm-hmm. and you're good to go. Or you've just earned enough points and man, we're good. Sign up like, here you go. What's the next? We're not worried about you checking our boxes. Yeah. We're worried about you figuring out how to continue to grow. What's next? Don't be the guy that comes out and I've quote unquote graduated. And now what? No, 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 no. What's your next phase of growth? Are you going into the workforce? Are you going into an apprenticeship program? Are you going, do you want to go to college and you have a reason why and you want to, cool, we'll help you on what that is. And you figured that out at 17? Cool, we'll do it at 17. You figured that out at 18? Great. We're not going to have you, you know, going to, we're not going to have you there if you're 27, right? But that's the whole point is figuring out where you want to go and then how do you get there to the next step? If that's all it is, it's just the next phase. It's the same thing you and I do because you're not going to be doing the exact same thing at 45 so, as so, you are 41. So my son decides at 16, he's like, no, nah, I'm going to start my own business. Versus his maybe his brother goes, mm-hmm. I want to go to college. Great. Sounds good. And education's wildly personal, man. It's not a standard thing. That's the point. Mm-hmm. All education is self-education. And then, so basically your guides or, your, or whoever's running the the, the campus yes facilitates that growth how do i facilitate the growth so that they learn who they are and are equipped to go do what they want to do okay not what i say they need to do not what i say they need to like okay so let's talk traditionally then okay traditional 
you graduate from one of your campuses, guy wants to go. We were talking about it in the gym. Yeah. Guy wants to go wants to the go, gym. Yeah. Or go, go, to, to, go, go, to, go to college. Go to college. Yeah. Talk, talk us through that process. So you play talking about like, yeah. High school plum is made up. Yeah. Transcripts are all whatever, made up. It's all, all made, made up. up. And there's a game of going into college too. Right. Okay. And so one of the things that we were talking about is I had a, um, I had a young man who just came on and talked to our home education families. You know, we have families that just, just home educate. They don't do any of the campus stuff. And, and, um, and we walk them through how to understand all of this process. So ultimately they don't need us at all. So they can yeah. just walk through and do what they want to do. However it looks for their family. Right. Um, but we'll bring in guest speakers every once in a while. We like brought the in the freak academy's doing like the freak academy. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. And they're getting it faster than most which is great those kids they're are not ridiculous those kids are amazing because yes. their parents are leading by example yes. too yeah. right and so they know like they don't ever honestly they don't ever need to show up they've gone through all the stuff they've showed up to a freaking ton of calls like religiously mm-hmm. and now they get it and i don't they don't they don't need me yeah at all anyway, that's the point right is that they don't need me at all to guide them through anything else like they've got it now they figured it out and they're gonna go I'm, they're always welcome but they don't need me at this point but, but it's the uncertainty because we're so programmed. We need that. We we think we need that. Feel like we need that support yes. and that, yeah. that exactly. So we brought in this young man who's 17 years old, had far from a traditional. I mean, he did have the traditional high school experience. He went through normal K through 12 school and is the valedictorian of his school. Okay. But he also had um, two. He spoke at two TEDx's. He has spoken around the world. He's, he was the youngest, one of the youngest people to ever get a deal on Shark Tank. Um, for his first business, he's actually uh, franchised two businesses mm-hmm. at 17. So he's a killer. The kid's a killer. And he's a freaking stud. Mm-hmm. Um, and I first met him as a 10-year-old. I was keynoting an event for 3,000 people, and he was doing the final talk of the day for 3,000 people at 10 and crushed it. Like, the kid's a stud. And Did you he, say who this kid is? Uh, yeah, his name is Jack Bonneau. Jack Bonneau. B-O-N-N-E-A-U. Um, absolute, absolute stud. 17, 17, right? 17 right now. Valedictorian of his high school. Okay. And we didn't get into this part on the call because he was on there inspiring the young people, inspiring Mm -hmm. the parents. He is a brilliant human. You and I would both hire this guy any day of the week, but also why would we? Because he needs to go run his own shit. Right. So probably can't afford him at this point. Probably can't afford him. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Because he's crushing it. (laughs) He applied, he applied to colleges the traditional way, just went, here's who I am, here's my essay, here's my standardized test score, here's my valedictorian high school diploma, and he went one for 14 on college entrance. What the fuck? Right. Again, there's a game involved. So if somebody comes out and they say they want to go... He was part of the system, technically. And he was absolutely part of the system, yeah. right? He did all these other things too, yeah. but he was absolutely part of the yeah. system, and he... Did all of the steps that the system said to do. One for 14. One for 14. Here we go. So if you have a college you want to go to, first and foremost, figure out why. Like what is it that you think you need in college that you're not going to be able to get somewhere else probably for free? Because almost everything is available to you at this point. Right. Right. Almost Uh, everything. Dude, if I wanted to be, and I've said this for a long time, I said if I want to be a rocket scientist, I could be a rocket scientist with no formal education. Correct. The information is already out there. Correct. It's already there. Yeah. So it's not the does. If it's I not, if I want to, if yes. this is like, hey, I want to yeah. figure this shit out. I want to be able to do this. Yeah. I can do it. Yeah. College is not the gatekeeper anymore. It's yeah. our desire is the gatekeeper. Right. Right. We have a desire issue, mm-hmm. not a degree issue. Right. So if you got the desire, you can go get all that stuff. So let's so let's talk about that. If there's a college there, you know, let's talk about that family. Why? Why? What is it? 
Like, that's great if you want to do that, but understand why. And what is that going to mean? Are you going to have to take out massive amounts of debt? Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk, like, let's talk through the actual scenario. Pass. Hard pass. <laughs> yeah. Hard pass. Right, Mark? Hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> yeah. But let's assume we get to the point where it's like, no, okay, there is a valid reason we want to go here. Um, and it's not something that's automatically an opportunity given, right? So if somebody is, um, yeah, I just got a four-year uh, an offer for a four-year scholarship to go play sports and go do this. Cool, man. Great. Go get it. Go enjoy your four but years. But if you have a desire if to you really play want, sports and you're you like team sports and that's your yep. thing. And that's your thing. Great. Cool. Great, man. Yeah. Go enjoy the experience. Take yeah. four years off of life. Go pour in. See what you can do in the sport. Like, that's freaking great. Make yeah. sure you don't get indoctrinated along the way. Don't be a moron. Yep. Go enjoy it, man. Get at it. But assuming that's not the case and we're just going, okay, we got to find a school. Let's be intentional first about the school that we're going to. Let's figure out what it is and why we want to go there. What is the program that we want to get into? Don't pick a brand name um, just for the sake of picking a brand name, right? You start to pick a, you know, a Stanford, a Harvard, a Yale, because you've heard that those are the quote unquote elite schools. That's a, first of all, that's a myth in and of itself. Um, but you're also lessening your chances of getting in and you're playing even into a bigger part of a, of a game that a small school is not necessarily going to play. A lot of the, professors there are paid to do research they're paid to publish and oh yeah there's kids here too that sometimes we can help you know but it's more about our our reputation on a lot of this stuff um and there's also this game they have to play to keep up with their u.s news and world rankings uh, to remain quote-unquote elite and part of that is to make sure they reject almost everybody whether you deserve to be there or not that was part of this young man's problem is all 14 schools he applied to are quote-unquote elite schools well, they have to, by design, keep their acceptance rates at a very low percentage or their ranking gets destroyed, right? Then so they become a co- more of a common then be- school. Then they're more of a common school, and that's more dangerous to their reputation, and the donors won't want to donate as much money, Holy right? Shit. So Stanford, it's like, hey, five— like you said, there's a game. There's a game. Um, and so you've got that layer that's, that's, that's in there, right? And so you take a look at, but even if you're, let's say even if it is Stanford, Stanford's got like a 5% acceptance rate. You go above that. They're going to screw up their rankings. Um, but Stanford also has a separate application process. You don't have to go the standard route. You can go, but you take a look at each, each school has a specific game that it's playing and the game can fluctuate each year too. Okay. So you take a look at, at Stanford and go, okay, well they've got a homeschool education route. Maybe I go in as a homeschool student and instead of 40,000 applications for 5% acceptance, might be 5,000 applications for like a 25, 30% acceptance. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to actually apply this way. So we're walking these guys through, taking a look at the school and what's the game that they're playing. What are the options there? Do you have to take a standardized test? Is there something that you can substitute for it? Do they not care if there's a standardized, you know, an SAT, ACT? Do they not care if that's there in the first place? Can you go in easier as an adult transfer? A lot of times that's the case where you can actually go in as an adult transfer. I always tell people it's actually easier to get into a lot of universities without a high school diploma than it is to be the valedictorian. People are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, you don't graduate. 16, you start taking junior college classes. A lot of states, you can do that for free. Mm-hmm. You do that for two years. Now you're 18 with an associate's degree versus 18 as the valedictorian of your high school. Yeah, and you go in as an adult transfer and your acceptance rates are normally higher. Right? So you go play the game that way. And then you only go for two years, right? So you take a look at each school and what the game is that they're playing, and you just give yourself the best chance by applying that particular way. You put together a digital portfolio versus just a, a transcript, right? So it's a brand of just going. So like, would you hire? Would if Gary Vaynerchuk calls you and was like, "Hey man, I want to come. I want to come work for you. 
right now. I want to come work for you. I want to come work for you at Johnny Slicks. Would you hire him? I mean, obviously. Right? I'd be like, here's the finish line, bro. It's a done. Can you get me across Let's the finish go, line. Let's right? fucking go. Let's yeah. go. Right? He doesn't have a degree. He has ability that you can clearly see, right. and he's got a brand around that. Like it's a easy. Which is funny easy. you say that because I will replace myself of within course. a certain amount of time. Of course, it's all planned. Of course, to get us across the finish of line. Of course, you will. Bingo. Yeah. So. It's the same thing. You show the brand of who you are. It's why we have the young guys in Apogee Strong build out this digital portfolio, right? So it's like, here's what I'm doing. Here's my intentionality behind it. Here are all the people that I've worked with. Here's my takeaways from this. Here's what this, like, so you build out that brand. And a lot of times you can use that digital portfolio as a substitute, even for transcripts in some places, or you just make up a transcript of, of, you know, all your A's and you send it. Yeah. And you send it in with this digital portfolio too, but you're just playing the game and then you have to, so you just give yourself the best possible opportunity there's a very specific way to write the the essay, which again, you're talking about what you've done, but you're not doing superfluous language. You get creative, um, you know, but you want to stay solid to um, character and tell a good story too. So you give yourself all of these things that are the best possible chance. And then you also understand that there are elements of the game every year that you can't control. It might just be the case that by the time you apply to this school this year, they're all out of spaces for white guys. That's real. Yeah. And by the way, this isn't a racist thing. I mean, the that's, that whole system is, that's a racist sure. way to look at it. But I'm not saying this is just something that white guys get. No, there are years where, depending on the, eh, we're all out of, we're out of spaces for Asian girls right now. We're out of spaces for, for black males right now. Um, we're out of spaces for, you know, for, for Indian females right now. Uh, we can only have so many right now because of what the population looks like. Like Those are real elements of the game. So you may apply at some point one year and just by nature of that. Regardless not, of what you're Regardless of all this done. other stuff, it's just not going to happen. You also can get ousted because there's X amount of spaces and one was taken up by somebody who fills another need, right? What? Uh, how, how do you think the grades for every single, um, you know, highly recruited point guard in America are like always top-notch stellar grades, stellar academic. No, they're a freaking rad point guard. So they're going to jump the line too, right? Because we're recruited. We need a good point guard here. So they're coming in. So they take a space. Um, I might lose my space because Nick Kumulatos has crazy deep pockets and, uh, and donates, you know, a shit ton of money to this university every single year. And I, you know, academically speaking, probably could have gotten in, but his kid Dimitri is going to get to go uh, because, you know, daddy is Nick. But that's real. Yeah. That's part of it. So understand that sometimes you can do all of the right things, play the game as much as possible, and you still won't necessarily get in. We're just going to give you the best possible chance to play that game for that particular university. How's your success rate with your people? Astro-freaking-nomical. Yeah, we don't like easy. Don't have a problem? No, at all. But what's the percentage of people that actually go to college? Um, that's a really good question. And it's actually something we don't track as a network mm. um, for a number of reasons. But uh, it's a really good percentage. I know the ones that want to all do. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot that don't. And there's a lot that wait um, and decide later, too. So that's part of the whole I, tracking, I, too, I is like, why it, would you? One, either one, don't go. Or two, wait till way later. Wait till way later. 
until it, yeah, hundred percent. I don't know, maybe even until your thirties. Yeah, go out and start. So yeah. yeah, until you figure out what you really want to start do with working. It, your start life. pouring some stuff. You know, out there we were talking about Praxis earlier. Go yeah. to a program like that. Start working. Go in debt free. Start working. Start making a dent. Take on as much responsibility as you can at a young age when you don't have other responsibilities to take on. I talk See what so much trash about college, even though I've I've got a master's degree. Yeah, I know. Me too. I have. I, have, I got graduate degrees too. Same thing. I, <laughs> I know it, it's mind blowing. I am I the I so real quick. I don't know if people even know this. I how did this work? My mom pulled me out of school for homeschool. We moved like every six months. Yeah, so we did homeschool for a year. Yeah, which means I, yeah. I just didn't go to school. You didn't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> didn't do for anything. sure. Yeah. I was off. Yeah, and then I went back to school in the sixth grade. But I think I was supposed to be in seventh grade. Got arrested twice. Thrown in juvie. Came out of that. They put me in seventh grade. Um, got in trouble again. Got kicked out. Of, I think I got kicked out of that school. And then somehow, my mom's a ninja. Like a straight ninja. Yeah. Somehow got me into, which was my ninth grade year. Never went to eighth grade. Okay. Yeah. Went into an alternative school. Yeah. In my ninth grade year. And um, this school was like straight up gangster's paradise school. For sure. Like metal detectors. And we're talking, this is in the 90s. Yep. Like this yep. wasn't a yep. thing in, in public school system like it is now. Yep. So this school, metal detectors, yep. barbed wire around the, it looked like a prison. Yep. For sure. The, the goal there was a year. I had to do a year there. Mm. And I was like, I want the fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get in trouble. And I was a troubled kid. Mm -hmm. So I literally, they were, I was like, what is the requirement yeah. for me to get out of here? Yeah. Like, we have to be here for a year. I said, no, no, no. no. What, are the yeah. what do I need to knock out within what that year? What do I year? need to do yeah. in that year yep. to let me go? So I, and I, they told me, I said, okay, so if I did these things, and it was like, you can't get in one fight. Yeah. Provoked or not provoked. Yeah. Yeah. No fighting. No fighting. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah fucking yeah, impossible yeah, almost yeah, totally, dude. I, totally. And, but i navigated it there were some very intense moments that yeah. i fucking yep yep i fucking moved, walked out, out of for sure um especially when they know that when they know like when there's it's like prison oh yeah when they know that you're gonna try to get out yeah and they know that they're in there for four years regardless that's right we well, don't give a shit that's right it's because there's i'm gonna exhibit yeah. my power i'm gonna bring you down yeah so yep. But I navigated it, and I got, I don't even remember what it was, but I fucking went all in, and I got out in six months. Went to regular high school. So I went to regular high school for six months, mm -hmm. the second half of, of my ninth grade year. Did my 10th grade year. Mm -hmm. And then there's a long story, but I basically, at 10th grade, I realized this is pointless mm -hmm. for me. Well I was done. making a ton of money outside. Yep. I was yep. making like, I don't know, anywhere from 1000 to, you know, 1000 to $4,000 a week. Yep cash yep yep as a 16 year old yep told my mom i said i'm not going back yep went and got my ged yep test done i'm all set yeah mm -hmm. anyways so no, I, I'm all set. I, yeah <laughs> so I, I i i i say all that just because i don't know where but, I was what, going, but, but well, it here's was like it was it, it just wasn't required and i didn't really know what i wanted to do and you know i, I went to uh community college because I need to join, needed, needed to do it to join the Marine Corps yeah. because I had a GED. Yep. But college superseded a GED. Mm. So one semester of college, I think it took like 
underwater basket weaving. Yeah, just Microsoft garbage. Microsoft Excel. Yeah, totally. This was like 1998, yep. you know, whatever yep. bullshit was in there. I think I took a site class. Um, and But that superseded that, and that was done. And then I kept going to school, um, but I really didn't. And my grades were always shit, man. Yeah. CD. Yeah. CD students. Yeah. Um, I didn't make str- almost straight A's until college. Yeah. Until real college. Mm-hmm. Until I went to full sale mm-hmm. and started doing um, digital cinematography. Mm-hmm. It was all in. Yeah. Because you like it. And then that was even a struggle because I was doing the job in real life. This was years ago before... I started mm. hiring people. Mm. I was doing it all myself mm-hmm. with my wife, who was who went there as well and is a film school grad. Yep. So we were just like passionately into it, learning yeah. from YouTube, learning from different classes online, and um, it, and it was it was like like you said something about it before. It's like I was actually doing the job. Yeah. So school sometimes was difficult. Yeah. Because it's not the same. It's not the same. Yep. And I was trying to explain that. So there was rub there. Yep. Where I really shined was. Uh, the master's program for uh, business leadership. Mm. You were all in at that point. Ready to rock master's in business and leadership. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was like, oh, this is, this is like, this yeah. is my jam. Yeah, for this sure. This is where I'm in. Yeah. And, and then you can crush it. And That's I all. Completely. I, dude, I got a, a damn near fucking 4.0. I think it was a 4.99 yeah, GPA. That, dude, that's all you need. So in my thirties. Exactly. So it's all about the inspiration and tying it to what you actually want to do for knowing who that person is and where they want to go. Even in your scenario in high school, right? You had a goal. Yeah. You knew it was stupid, the stuff you were going to have to do, but you're like, shit, I got a goal. And you rocked it out in six months. Right? So the same thing happens for students, even if they do need academia, like in a traditional sense to get to a certain thing. I've seen students do the entire like K through 12 curriculum so to speak up through like calculus i've seen them do that entire thing for all quote-unquote subjects mm-hmm. like three years the whole thing the whole thing cut out all the standing in line sit and it, up yep, stand down it. show up all this all that because they just yeah. rock it out and they go okay here's what i need to do and here's when i need to do it i'm so stoked for my son's life absolutely what his life is going to look like compared to everybody else absolutely my daughter's lives a hundred percent and here's and this is where a part where people get upset about it but i I want people to understand it's not a knock on them but our kids who don't have to go through this this system you know that that you parents went to that turned out fine our kids that go outside of that and by the way remember fine is not a good fine sucks it's It's a a four letter f word (laughs) yeah right our kids are, are going to have complete dominion yeah. over all of it. Yeah. Um, and not in a bad way. Yeah. They're just going to be so much more capable and self-aware and self-confident and able to adapt to whatever is coming up because that's adaptation is a big part too, being able to learn and, and unlearn, you know? So a parent listens to this, mm-hmm. okay, to wrap a lot of this up, and I want to get into the, this Apache Strong program after, but, but to wrap this up, a parent listens to this and be like, I'm in. I don't fully understand it. Yeah. But like, I agree. Mm-hmm. I've got clients um, that even said, they're like, I'm, they're like, I'm on the fence, dude. Yeah. Like I'm ready to rip my kids out of school. Yeah. Like yep. I can't handle it anymore. Yep. They don't know what to do. Yeah. And their thought process is like your wife's yep. back in the yep. day. Yep. All right. So we got a homeschool. Now I got to come to the teacher. I got to do this program. What the, what, yeah. what are we, what, what are we doing? Yeah. I got to, I know my kids need to get pulled out of public school. Yeah. I can't afford private school, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So they're going to home. So they're going to home educate. 
right? So they're not going to go the private, or, or, you know, what is so you've got? Yeah, I mean, so, you, so you've got, so options. you've got those options. You can take a look and go, okay, is there, is there something again? I'm not, I'm not directly affiliated with the Acton Academies anymore, other than helping because I have so many friends there. We're building out the Apogee Strong version, which is again um, similar, but with some of the other intentionality yeah. around the physicality and all that stuff that we're talking, right? So, um, but if you've got an Acton Academy near you, it is worth taking a look, yeah, right, to see what's going on. You can check that through just ActonAcademy.org. And step see if there's one, something to check step, that out. Step one, see if it's see if something yeah. is even around you and check it out and see if yeah. that's even there, right? So see if that's an option. Um, if you are interested in potentially launching something of your own, or you have people in your community that are like, hey man, we're in, you know, we're kind of feeling like we want to launch something of our own. You can take a look at the application process through Acton. You can reach out to what we're doing through Apogee Strong and see if you want to take a look at affiliating there and launching something from that side. If you are like, hey, there's not any of that stuff there. I can't afford this. I can't take the time to do this. We're going to go ahead and just figure out how to home educate. That in of itself is the most simple way to go about it. It's hard to build out a school program. Yeah, It's hard. Like you're going to take on something that's that's pretty big and you're going to need a lot of good people involved in that and a lot of families that are like, like-minded and ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Right? And it's very worth it if you want to do that. Um, and I'm glad to walk people through that. You know, if we if they want to partner with us on what that looks like, I'm glad to help people walk through that. If you're just going to home educate, um, you've got so many options. There's the the first thing I always tell people is reading is the hack. Reading is the hack. Eliminate distractions, meaning eliminate the fucking video games like as much as you can, especially early on. That's a whole get, separate conversation. That's a whole separate conversation, and people get yeah. really upset about that too. But oh, shit. but I don't care either. Yeah. Get rid of unplug the get rid kid. of get, unplug. Get rid yeah. of those distractions. Get rid of you know the television, um, you know the endless YouTube, the endless like. I'm not saying you can't use any of those. I'm saying like make sure they're not the dominant thing. Let's get reading to be something that's exciting again because yeah. that's the ultimate hack, and it's not reading to regurgitate. It's reading to get involved in heroic thinking it's so that you can have those conversations like we were talking about where you can go ooh, what would you have done if you were if you were pip right yeah. dive into yeah, the yeah. classics and like yeah. what would what would your decision have been how would this what do you think what do you think is going to happen because of have right. those conversations with your kid right. right get excited about that so reading is the ultimate hack and that's that's part of what parents don't want to hear too is the best way to perpetuate your child's education is to increase your own and bring well, them along I mean, with if, you. If you're ready to rip them out, then you need to take, it's time to take ownership. It's time to take ownership. Yeah. That means you better be growing too. Mm -hmm. You better be working on something too. And I think you with better our, be getting with better our too. people in the Agogi, that's, I think that's part of the natural thing is yeah. they are growing as people. They're growing. Yes. They're starting to, the light bulbs are coming on. Bingo. They're, they're taking control, thinking of their yep. own life, yep. their own physical fitness, which Bingo. is, again, like we said, a totally. gateway drug. Yep. And now it transfers to their wife, to their kids, and they're like, Oh, we've, we're ripping all this apart. That's right. Yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah. Because that's just becomes the norm, right? It becomes the baseline. Growth is just the baseline here for our family. Yeah. That's all it is, like, you know? And it's, again, it's, what do we do? Grow. Grow. That's it. <laughs> but it's just, it's logical, man. And yeah. if you're leading by example, I, I use this example for people. I said, do your kids speak Chinese? No, my kid, I don't speak Chinese. Why don't your kids speak Chinese? We don't speak Chinese. Cool. Sweet. It's that easy. <laughs> now put, substitute anything that you do or do not do. Same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. If growth and we don't big, need that because we don't need that. We don't need it. Yeah. And so if growth and big conversations and taking on responsibility and helping other people and like making sure that we're all checking with each other and staying inspired and looking for our gifts and looking to like if that's just the norm, the status quo in our house, 
we're all going to be okay. Yeah. That's the hardest part for parents is they don't want to grow. They want to see their kids grow. They don't want to grow. So they're not leading by example. So there's a hypocrisy there. So their kids don't follow suit. Right. So, so get back to where you're going to grow. You got to have a mission involved. We're going to have conversations. We're going to, we're going to read. We're going to make reading fun again. We're going to take a look at how do we serve in our community? What kind of roles and responsibilities can we take on there? And how do I take my kids along with me? We're going to look at responsibilities around the house, chores, opportunities for them to work around the house. We're going to take opportunities for them to get experiences. There's, you know, I can give you an academic project around jujitsu, or you can go get on the mat and do jujitsu. Which one actually makes you good at jujitsu? The doing, right? So yeah. look for experiences. What experiences can we get for our you kids? You also opened up a, a thing for me because I think people would be surprised that if in their area, if if they looked, there's like-minded people with in similar situations for sure. And you brought up the idea of a, not the idea. I guess you you do guys do this mm-hmm. as a co-op. Yep. So Bingo. now you find the families that are thinking the same way and then you guys develop your own co-op and you guys develop your own co-op and yeah. you have different and each family probably has a different um, set of skills that they can bring in and, and create, you know, something fun for the kids to, to, to learn and projects and for you them to take on to where like, and, and based off of where the family is like, yep. Hey, I can contribute this month to the co-op a yep. month yep. for my kid. Bingo. Everybody puts a little bit in. Yep. And then now you, you're essentially building your own. You're cool. starting to build your own thing. That's right. Take control of it yourself. You're building and a adapt tribe. As you go, you're building a tribe. Yeah. That's all. It's all working on these experiences together, right? That's it. If you're putting in all of that and eliminating the distractions, what else do you want? If you want to add some sort of academia at some point, you can. All the resources are there to do it. I mean, Khan Academy is completely freaking free and three times as much work. I didn't ac- know about it. They're complete. It's completely free. Three times as much academic. I know Sal. Salcon, uh, well, good dude. Um, but it's, I mean, it's almost, it's overkill. Like the subjects, it's three times as much as you would do in a public school. It's three times as much work, but it's there it's all and it's there. available and it's free. Amazing. So if you need to, you know, you want to put that in there, then put it in there. All right. So last thing before we go, we eat some food, uh, Apogee strong. Yes, sir. How did that come about? What is it? Yeah, so Timmy and I were, uh, Tim Kennedy uh, is my business partner on this, and we're putting together, you know, we're talking about did these. Did you reach schools. out to him, or did he find you? I reached out to him. Okay. Yeah, I reached out to him. So he and I had met years ago, um, but not, had developed, you know, hadn't developed a super close friendship, yeah. but we had met years ago um, through the through the fight game. Um, and I reached out and just went, hey, man, here's, you know, here's what I'm doing with the schools. And from what I understand, you want to launch a school, too. And he's like, yeah, I absolutely do. I'm like, okay, well, let's so go. So you heard about, you heard. I him. knew he wanted to do that, okay. you know. And, and um, I said, here's, you know, we met long ago, but we've also got mutual friends. We're in the same circles. Um, and I know kind of where you want to go. And and I think you and I think a lot alike about a lot of this stuff. So it's, let's, let's get this school rocking and rolling. So we start pushing to launch Apogee Cedar Park, getting all that going. I said, well, we both went, by the way, we have great men in our freaking network. Yeah. We need to do more than just build these schools. Like we have an opportunity right now, fire aim ready. We both have other things going on. We have other businesses we're running. Welcome to the internet. Right. But welcome to the internet. Let's, mm-hmm. let's use the power of that and let's support, you know, young men that we can't touch physically with the businesses that we're building physically. Right. 
So what if we put something out there where we invite our friends and, you know, these male mentors to come in and pour into these young men and we give these guys kind of a roadmap to, yeah. to figure out who they are, yep. um, to go experience, you know, all of these experiences, books to read, conversations to have, experiences to take on. They build out that digital portfolio that like we were talking about can get you into college or get you a job or whatever that looks like. What if we put all that out there that we know is going to work? We invite them to come along. We put them in a private platform and we start having these conversations every single week with amazing men. It's a year long. Let's see what initially happens. Initially a year initially long. Initially a year long. If they pour in and, and they put out for that entire 12 months, they stay with us. Um, stay with us in perpetuity. As long $1,000 as they want. for a year. $1,000 for a year until you're done. And then you stay in for free. And if you can't afford $1,000. Apogee Strong Foundation. Which we're a donor of. Uh, it's exactly what I was going to say. It's a huge. So like you yourself have put young men through this program. My own nephew's in there. Where we yes, did the sir. Squire program. Yep. And then yep. I was like, I was like, okay, Squire's amazing. Yep. I bought off on it. Bingo. We're running three here a year. Bingo. And Apogee Strong Foundation, the last one we had here. We, Apogee you, Strong we funded Foundation somebody. funded, we funded like three of them. Yeah. Three so fathers and sons. it's a great start. Yep. That's like, I feel like, and that's what I was, we were yeah. talking about in the gym. Yeah. Squire program, you come to Squire program, you, you get a seat at the table of manhood. Yes. You're not a man. Yep. But you get a seat at the table to start to learn. Yep. I feel like your program is Next like. Step. The next step. Yep. It's like the continuing education of mm -hmm. that day. For sure. And it, and it was never designed by that. It's not designed by two. It's designed nope. by two different people. It just makes sense. It just makes sense. It just makes sense. Yeah. Like and we're all in the same network. Uh, we're hilarious. all in the same thing. Yeah. And we're all so. I mean, but that's what's cool, man, is like, you know, we know all these same guys and everybody's on this mission together. And so we're all down to like, let's how can I help you? Yeah. How can I help you? Because we're just perpetuating the mission. Yeah. Some people are going to like to listen to you and talk with you more than they're going to want to talk to me or Tim yeah. and vice versa. Cool. Sounds good. Sounds good. Whatever. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. And let's all go here together, right? Because yeah. we're all on the same mission. So, yeah, these guys can stay in free or in, perpetu uh, in perpetuity for free at that point. Yeah. Um, and and, and they're more, or they're still learning, but they're more mentors to them. But they're, and then they take on extra responsibility. So yeah. they start helping to mentor some of the other young men that are in there. Yeah. Um, and they start, we start helping them build out their own business. You were just on a you know, podcast of one of our young men that's been in there yeah. for almost two years at this yep. point, right? Where he's building out his brand um, around this podcast and he's freaking crushing he's it, crushing getting it, after man. it, you know, crushing it's freaking it. fantastic. Like yeah. he had you on, then he had like Anthony trucks on and he's had like, you know, he's just got John Richards coming on, Navy SEAL uh, coming on. Like he's just, he's freaking crushing I it. I said, I said publicly, I said, what, what, if this kid can maintain this, yes. he maintains yep. the positive yep. support network in his, yep. in his life. Watch what this kid is in 10 years. Guaranteed. Compared to other people. It's a guarantee. Yeah. Again, it's that one degree separation mm -hmm. of, of taking off, and he's way well over here. Well, dude, thank you so much. Listen, <laughs> Thanks, I'm going to tell you right now, um, it, it, if somebody's struggling, can they reach out to you? Please. Okay. Matt at ApogeeStrong.com. There you go. Reach out. Have a reach question. Out. Yeah. Yep. Um, guys, if you listen to this, if you watch this, fucking please share it. Yeah. Like this needs to be, I mean, I've got some rad ass podcasts and rad ass videos out there, but man, this is, this episode needs to be my number one episode on this podcast. Yeah. It, it Like if you really want to change shit, mm -hmm. you want to change the fabric of our country, it starts at the bottom Yep, and it starts with these kids and it starts with our kids. Please, please mm -hmm. share this, tag him, tag myself, gives us, give a thumbs up, drop us a comment in the review. Email Matt, check Please. out, check out, um, Apogee strong and what they're doing over there. And, uh, Matt, thanks so much, man. Honor's always yeah, mine, this brother. Is, this is killer. You. Absolutely killer. Hey guys, you know, the deal never quit, never surrender. Always forward. 
And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you. Oh.